Hi everyone, welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. This is our Disc 2 Xenogears story analysis. How do you like Disc 2? Um, better than I thought I would, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, it's not so bad. Um, if you're prepared for it, it doesn't feel like this... You know, yes. you're, you're playing the game for the first time. You've never heard of this before. It's 1998. It's like, what the <laughs> heck happened? Oh, I'd be so confused. But Very confused. When you know it's coming, it's not that bad. It's not so bad. Um, the biggest issue I have is that things are just happening really quickly. Really fast. And so you don't really have time for things to sink in before they've already undid what you thought was a big deal, and it's not <laughs> a big deal, and they fixed the problem, and you're they're moving on, and you're yeah. it never really got to sink in for you. you yeah, know? that's true. So that's that's difficult, but the presentations, it's all right, you know. I don't, it, I don't hate it. The, it is at least artistic and abstract and yes. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got a style to it that's it does. interesting. They're all sitting on their rocking chairs like they're old people with the spotlight, just like recapping the, an old the, story. The pendant swinging yeah. in the background. Just keeps going. And it's like a starry field. Yeah. They'll just bring up big like JPEG images of what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Behind them. <laughs> Um, all right, so disc two opens up with a scene that's actually played twice, and, and it switches perspectives. Yeah. So you start with Faye, and then mm. you, you play almost exactly the same scene yes. with a reverse shot, and it's Ellie's perspective. Yeah. And they repeat a lot of the same sort of poetic language with a few differences between with a few. what they say. But they, they're, they're awakening to their former selves and realizing that through the many, many years they have known each other and in a way. Loved each other and, loved and bonded each other. over the generations yeah. or whatever. With very few differences. Um, <clears throat> so it's a, it's a scene of Lacan and Sophia actually, but it's Faye and Ellie sort of commenting on these memories that feel more like dreams to them. It's like it's, it's yeah. hazy, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's there and there's this familiarity and they definitely know that this but it's not, it doesn't feel so clear. It's almost dreamlike the way that mm. they remember this stuff. Um, and it's not, you know, <clears throat> it, it's kind of jumbled up a little bit. But yeah, it's beginning to get clearer at this point. It, it, they're starting to understand why they have these feelings. Um, there was a part of Ellie's dialogue in the second playthrough of that scene that I took down that I thought kind of links back to a lot of the stuff we've talked about, this, the symbolism that's been prevalent throughout the game with the, yeah. the angels with one wing. Right? Oh, yes. The yeah, she mentions symbol. it in particular. She says, um, they are both as vital as each other. They can never be divided, like the wings of angels, like a man and a woman, an unchangeable mm -hmm. destiny, feelings one wishes one could change, meeting without the person who would change me, and watching myself change. I dreamt such a, ch uh, such a dream, a long, never-ending dream. <clears throat> and this more or less fully connects Ellie to Sophia and Faye to Lacan. Yes. <clears throat> um, they, it, it goes back to that painting scene, right, where, where Lacan's painting her and he gets to a point where he, he doesn't want to finish the painting because that means like... Yes, that's, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I really like that touch there. Well, that's similar to how you to feel it. about... Oh, yes. Artistic experiences oh, when yes. they draw to a close, right? Yeah. I famously don't <clears throat> like to finish games. I, yeah. I, I hate it because if it's a really good... The more I like a game, the less I want it to end. Yeah. And it's very difficult. Now, what ends up happening is I still end up... I end up still stopping playing the game. I just <laughs> never beat it, you know? So yeah. it's, a, it's its own problem. 
Uh, but yeah, I really felt for that because it was so funny because when we first saw that painting of Sophia, um, they, they, you know, Satan calls attention to the fact that it's unfinished and it's like, okay, it's an unfinished, maybe there's something about the wholeness aspect of things yeah. where it's not complete, but there's a reason why it's not complete. Um, and I thought the reason would be a bigger reason than it ended up being, but I really liked what it ended up being. Yeah. Because it, it's more meaningful this way. Yeah. As opposed to like, oh no, he had to go fight a war or somebody killed him right before he couldn't finish it or something. Yeah. You know? But instead it was like he chose not to finish it uh, for a personal reason. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, and he just he just want he didn't want his time, his his alone time, you know, uh, intimate private time with her to end. Yeah. Now I did. I was curious about their relationship. I guess she just hired him to paint something, and and then he'll leave. But it seemed like they were kind of close. Yeah. She was like, "Call me Ellie." I don't know why she says "Call me Ellie," but um, if her name's Sophia. Well, yeah. But it's like it's like right? she knows that's her real name, Sophia, not mm -hmm. Ellie. Remembering Sophia, but Sophia had a feeling Sophia. her name was Ellie. Her name is Ellie. Yeah, yeah. this is my real identity. Yes, not Sophia. By the way, they started. Um, oh, what's the? Okay, never mind. I feel like they started spelling a name differently oh. in disc two. I didn't catch that. Uh, but it might just be. Because, uh, because. Um, Eliam, Ellie's name is Eliam, something along those lines, yeah. right? But it's Elhaim, right? Elhaim. It's Elhaim. Yeah. And that's how it's spelled. But for some reason, I was pronouncing it Eliam until disc two, all of a sudden. It, it and, but now not, they're actually writing the full name out. Before, yeah. you only got it, saw it written out once or twice, right? I would not be surprised if he had <laughs> messed up a character's name for an entire disc I could be and then corrected it on disc. I'm probably wrong. I'm just saying <laughs> it seems like we're dealing with a different person now. And, and even in the dialogue, oh, sometimes when yeah. Ellie's talking, um, she's on the left side of the dialogue screen, yeah. and and she's got more of a Sophia look to her now than than her old Ellie yeah. look. I, in certain instances, well, on I've top of that. that, you know, Saiten mentions this, Faye mentions this, and I'll get more into this in a minute. How she feels different, like Ellie just feels yes. different. She's yeah. more mature. She's changed dramatically in the last three weeks or something yeah. like that since she found that Omni gear in Shabbat. It mm. like it like. Turned something on That's in her, right. and um, I think I think it was either Queen Zephyr or one of the other wise men mentioned like at a certain age is mm. when like these awakenings happen. It's like eighteen. So it's yeah. like she has had that experience mm. and she's she's changed a lot. So yeah, yeah she feels like a different character in, in a big yeah. way. But I, I really wondered if um, Lacan really wasn't going to see Sophia anymore if when he was done painting, or maybe they just didn't get to be that. Close for that long. I think, but he, it seemed like he, he wants to delay the well. end of this particular painting. He wants to delay the end, so he's going to go back to his home village to right. get the paints. To get the paints. But she's like, "Why can't you just? That though takes super long time. Like, no, it's like I can't get the right pigments unless I go back yeah, home. It's very, and I have so to do like, it. <laughs> I'm going to delay this the time. Just, I think it's almost like there's no plan to it. It's just like I just don't want it to end right yeah, now, yeah. and I'm just doing whatever I can to delay that end. Yeah. And so that I can spend more time with her, <clears throat> because Lacan, she's probably a, a busy person. Yeah, Lacan does not appear to be on the same like social rank no, as Sophia, no. yeah. and so like this is 
as close as he's going to get to her. But 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 that's what I'm wondering because I know that's what the story's hinting at. But at the same time, it seems like they already are, yeah. And I think that's due to a lot of close. the things Ellie and Faye have already mentioned about feeling like I know you from oh, before. because of Kim. <laughs> see, th- see, once once we bring up Kim, then things get even more confusing. But even still, so Faye's connected to Lacan, but I, I, I still don't understand that whole thing because, yeah. because of Graf. Well, I just put that he, note. He throws the whole it's thing like in. It, I, I put down in the note, it fully connects Ellie to Sophia and Faye to Lacan. However, apparently Graf is Lacan, so dot, dot, dot. what's going on with that? And I just have to ignore <laughs> it, but that is a huge question mark. It's yeah. like, well, is Faye Lacan? I, I still don't know. The game is explicit. He is Lacan, but I still don't know yeah. if he's Lacan. Because, because someone is, else is they've stated outright <laughs> that Graf is Lacan. Yes. Many times. Well, since since uh, it's been revealed that Lacan is Graf, I've been wondering about all these other characters who we've seen with masks on. And I'm like, yeah. oh, they probably look like... Because initially I was like, oh, they probably are people that we know. Oh, no, mm. like Satan's the emperor. Well, or, you know, something said, like that, When right? they said that Satan was Cain. Yes. Well, I, I, I was like, wait like, a minute. That's what? why he wears a mask. But then <laughs> now I'm like, well, hold on. Maybe behind the mask is just someone who looks like us again instead uh, of, yeah. and that's, that's where they're going with it. Or something like that instead of it being actually Bart is Graf or something like that. It's like, no, but there's still a reason for the mask, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. See, we still have a bunch of masked characters. We have yeah. We have Kane. Kane. We have um, Graf. We have Wiseman. Wiseman's still masked. There was the woman, but I think it's clear uh, that that's Mian. has been revealed. Yeah, now. that's been shown yeah. to be Mian. Uh, but is that it? I, swear I think that's another. it. I think those are the four Fair enough, yeah. main masked people in the game. But anyway, um, Sophia, in, in, throughout this dialogue with Lacan, she mentions something about Kahal. Escorting yes. Lacan back to like his home. Her followers, right? Yeah, and I looked that up, and again, uh, it should be spelled with a Q instead of a K. Kahal. Oh, so it's like Arabic? Or? It's, it's Hebrew. Oh, Hebrew. Um, Kahal was a theocratic organizational structure in ancient Israelite society, according to the Hebrew Bible. In later centuries, Kahal was the name of an autonomous government of Ashkenazi's Jews uh, oh, until Europe. being abolished in the 1840s. What the so, heck? I've never heard of that in my life. Me neither. But that's what it's a reference to. <laughs> wow. One of those references that don't necessarily mean anything. Right. It's just know, a word. It's just a word. But but, but it's a but hyphenated word. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a word with <laughs> emphasis placed it on it. It seems important. That doesn't mean anything. This happens a lot. Maybe in the it game. does. Maybe I need to do more. But I don't think they mention Kahal anywhere else in the game, <laughs> as to my memory. So I it's don't know. It's just followers. If it has much relevance to anything else. Okay, Maybe huh. it will later in disc two, but I just don't remember if it does. That's funny. All right. Anyways, I like the scene a lot. It's continuing to build this sort of mysterious, multi-generational romance between Faye and Ellie that yeah. I think has paid off really well, um, even in this play session. So, um, These types of stories are more commonly told in Asia. And yeah. Japan and because of the reincarnation, because of the idea of reincarnation as it, part of the culture, and that often happens in in these stories is that it's like their their fates are so difficult they're destined to never be together, but in their next life they will be together, yeah. and that is even more romantic. Mm. It's like the most romantic possible story you can tell is <laughs> like they fell in this love. Life you sacrifice so that in the next life. You yes. can get 
the but, actual, but it's yeah, the same the people, payoff. right? Yes. And and so that way you can actually have some story elements that, um, you know, like the idea of you sacrifice for yourself for someone you love. That's the yeah. most romantic thing possible. But then you're dead. <laughs> well, well, there's this great idea in Eastern Asia that you come back and then now you get to do both. You yep. get to have it both ways. Get so it both ways. this type of story of the love through the ages that continues over and over and over mm-hmm. is a is a common Asian story and it's it's uh it makes a little more sense when you understand the yeah. Asian philosophies and theologies instead of Western where it's and, kind of difficult to wrap your head around. And I agree, it is more romantic that way. I'll it is, it. it truly is. It's <laughs> it's uh it's like as romantic as can possibly be, but you'll never see an American story do it. Yeah, because it's like well, we don't really think that way. Yeah, yeah we don't have the, the cultural heritage of reincarnation as part of our belief yeah. system. All right, so you come out of that little sequence and uh, you find out that Tara Melchior, the um, yeah, yeah, the mentor of of Krillian. Krillian and one of the three sages of Shavat, uh, is the one who kind of rescues Faye and Ellie and using nano machines. Uh, heals them of their wounds. Ellie was a little more injured than Faye was, so she took a mm-hmm. little longer. But um, yeah, he uses his nano machines to like. Heal she took them. like a little a, longer, a, 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 like, like ten minutes. <laughs> Melchior's like, yo, she was way more hurt than you, so it's gonna take longer to heal. And we'd yeah. been there for three weeks, right? <laughs> yep. And then she's done. Oh, well, three weeks and ten minutes. That's what he meant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she was way worse than way I worse shape that than us. Too. <laughs> That's all right, because the um, passage of time, you got to kind of forgive it in these RPGs. Yeah. But anyways, uh, you talk to him a little bit, and you kind of realize who he is, because he just he just calls himself Tara, but then, like, Saiten yeah, comes in. but just seeing his frame, the shape yeah. of his body. He looks... It was like, that's a little more like Melchior. Yeah. Also, I was a little, I was a little confused about why he looks the way he looks. Like, uh, yeah, confused about his weird. race. Like, if he's a... If he's like a native to the planet, oh, or if he or if was a, hybrid. a human who has been like turned in demi-human to look like that, um, or what? Because he actually looks a little bit like the Gazelle guys. Oh yeah, like a fat, but <laughs> like a larger <laughs> blue-faced Gazelle, guy. like cranial-looking face and yeah. blue mm-hmm. shade to it. But the yeah. Gazelle for sure were humans before, so I don't okay. know. Why they look like that in their they super all computer that thing. avatar <laughs> for themselves. But they were humans when they were alive. Right. So I don't really know what's going on with Melchior in terms of what race he is. And I, I tried to look it up on the wiki, and it, it doesn't really specify either. I, I think it's an unknown thing about okay, the character. Huh. Interesting. But in any case, um, he's a nano machine expert. He was a mentor to Krellian. He helps them heal, and Saiten comes in and sort of joins you there. And he gives you a wristband that uh, has nanomachines uh, in yes. it that yeah. will contain id. It like id. it like uh, manipulates or serotonin control. in um, yeah. Faye's brain so that he doesn't mm. get pissed enough <laughs> to turn into id again. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, it also allows him to access like the id mode of the of um, the, of the gear. Yeah, so you can have like. You can have all the benefits. It still of the doesn't more, turn red though. Doesn't turn red. But you get the weird spiky things. Yeah, like little wingy-looking yeah. yellow spike things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But apparently, it's like the id system mode of the Veltal, and so yes, there, yes. a new element of gear battles opens up for phase gear, which is kind of cool. Um, and then Taro goes on to explain that um, these nano machines he's created can release what's called the limiter seal 
on humans, right? So like yes, yeah. So what what they want to do is release these nanomachines into like the upper atmosphere and let them mm -hmm. spread over the world, so that all the humans can have their limiters removed. Yes, uh, and they can take control of themselves away from Solaris and from the Gazo Ministry. So there's the psychological limiter. Yeah. But then there's also the physical limiter, yeah. which up to this point you would think yeah. was just, oh, it just makes them less strong, right? Yes. But it seems like there's another there's reason. A, well, <laughs> another reason for that there's, limiter. There's another kind of caveat to that. And, and this is one of the more misunderstood plot points of Xenogears is, okay, so we'll get to that. But um, they decide mm -hmm. they're going to go to um, this place where, um, did I write down what the name of the place was? I think I forgot to do that. <laughs> so many things to remember. Well, in this typically. Game. There's like some kind of base, or it's like it's like a, a really, really old. Well, it's part of Zeboim, isn't it? it? Or it's a Zeboim era? I don't remember. But if it's, it's like it's, a loop. Because there's one place like they go to that's Zeboim era, and I think yeah. there's one place they go to that was way more ancient than that. Okay. Like 10,000 years ago ancient. Oh, like right. first civilization yeah. on this world ancient. Uh, but that, I think, is the second anima dungeon where Rico gets his Omni gear. Oh, right. Um, anyways, they're going to these really ancient mm. places. But wherever it is that she ends up going to, I forget the name of it. I'll put it on the screen or something. It's like a rocket launcher, right? Yeah, it's like that circular-looking thing. Yeah. That Which is like the large would collider. allow <laughs> them to launch, like, basically the nanomachines into the yeah. atmosphere. That's where gonna, they're going to go. No, as soon as they introduce this, I'm thinking of Final Fantasy VIII and going to the moon. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, this might have been used to launch things in outer space. Oh, and right, right, right. It does have that, it, like... But yeah. the ramp and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, another connection, this is totally a tangent, but uh, to um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, is that mm -hmm. in the novel, they, they, that, that's what they describe as how they launch their oh, really? ships in 2001 A Space Odyssey is like that ramp that just like shoots them up into, no the, into the sky. Yeah. So it's another way FF8 I think was referencing 2001. But anyways, mm. what the, was the point? She, oh, they're they gonna go there. do that. Yeah. But as they're getting ready to leave, oh, there's another scene before that though. Oh, he, Ramses. He, he allows, right? well he allows Ellie and Faye to rest for a minute and they kind of go on the roof and they talk for a bit. Mm -hmm. And this is where Faye starts to say like, you feel really different now. Right. Something seems to have changed in you. She's like, really? I don't feel different. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and you know, they're kind of talking about that. She, she, but she's, she's not only like different in terms of her maturity. She's starting to question a little bit her feelings about Faye. Um, yeah. And I really love where this goes. It, it doesn't. It seems like a minor thing, but I think it pays off so amazingly later. So I'm just going to kind of bring it up. Okay. Um, especially in what she says to Saitan in a minute. But okay, they they talked up there, and he mentioned that she feels different. But as they're leaving, some guy from Shabbat comes in and says, oh my gosh, Solaris is launching this attack with this giant mobile weapon, and we need your help, Faye. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and this is kind of right off the back of Shabbat, like wanting to put him into carbon freeze. Yes, And of so course. Ellie's pissed, like how can you ask him to yeah. do this? No, Faye, don't agree. They were gonna like kill you or whatever. And Melchior agrees. He's like, yeah. you don't need to, you don't owe anyone anything. Yeah, because mm -hmm. he, he obviously, he has some kind of strained relationship with Shavat mm -hmm. based on whatever happened 500 years ago. He's gone into kind of right. hiding himself. He doesn't really yeah. associate with them anymore. So he's like, no, nah, you don't have to help them, mm -hmm. right? But Faye, out of the goodness of his heart, uh, being unselfish, I guess, is like, well, I, regardless of what the 
elders of Shavat wanted to do to me, like the people of Ignis don't deserve right. this, right? Yeah. I've got to do what I can to help them. So he kind of agrees to go with, with them. Um, and so they kind of split up. But before they're leaving, Ramses shows up and there's a fight there um, with him. Actually, no, it's not there in the woods. This is where it starts to get the confusing. The fight happens in... Well, it looks like it. Oh, but, but it's but like it's way des- far It's away. described that... Uh-huh, on yes, their way to Nisan or to to Nortun or something like yeah. that, Ramses like cut them off, and this is where you start to see the, that the game. The trees looked about the same. It's though. mostly in transitions between scenes. Hmm. They narrate what happens, and this is like the big stylistic change of disc yeah. two, where they rush through lots of stuff because they didn't have time to make all of it. Yeah. So you'll just cut to Faye or Ellie or someone, Sighton sometimes sitting in a chair. Like narrating what happens. With a spotlight <laughs> on him, almost like they're being interrogated. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're just telling you what happened. Just telling and the so, like, uh, he ends up encountering Ramses on the path that he goes. But before Ellie splits off, like I said, she was having that conversation with Saiten. Yes. And um, uh, he, he says specifically that she feels more mature like a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ellie mentions wanting to spend some time away from Faye to sort out her feelings about him. Mm. Um, the, this feels natural to me given this awakening of the anti-type that's happened and yeah. the fact that she's having a lot of confusion about her identity. So mm. whatever she felt about Faye before, right, as Ellie, the non-awakened anti-type, yeah. versus the awakened anti-type and, oh my gosh, am I Sophia? Am, who am exactly. I? Exactly. You like, feel like it's another person yes. there. It's like this other person likes Faye, but like... I don't know that's not me. who I am and yeah. what I feel. So I'm going to go with Emeralda to go do this other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> Emeralda shows up. She's like, I'm coming too, and I'll do it by myself. Yeah, I don't need your help, <laughs> right? I like that. Love it. But she's starting to have at least a little bit of doubt about what she feels about Faye. Not necessarily like, oh, I don't like him anymore, but I don't know which part of me does and who Mm -hmm. I am. And so she's just really confused. Yep. But then, oh, oh, and then right at the end of that too, almost missed this, Graf comes to visit Tara at the end of that sequence. So when Faye and Ellie are gone, right, like Graf shows up. And Tara says to him, like, he basically calls him Lacan. Yes, directly. It's like, oh, Lacan, blah, 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 right? And then it kind of fades out. And it's just creating more confusion about, like, how can Faye and Graf be Lacan? I don't get it. But, um, anyways, uh, then you get another Gazelle Ministry scene. Um, They they, they mention... they're hating on Ramses some more, right? Yeah, well, because Crowley is talking about sending Ramses after Faye. And they're like, he's trash, he's worthless, why would you even freaking bother with that mm-hmm. with him right um, and they mention something about there being another mother right so yes but, but like, one of them is not quite no no they say specifically who the another mother yes, is. yes it's me yeah they say oh the other they I can't remember how it comes out but they say specifically Miang's a mother but she's not as completely a mother yes it's <laughs> she's like not the mother that they're a, looking again for. they're kind of they're kind of questioning Krellian's like whole, I don't know, like what what his plans are, like why he's doing what he's doing. So it's right. like, 
It's like, why do you care about Ellie so much? Mm -hmm. Why do you want her back? We, we have this other mother who's fine for our purposes. We don't need that one. Right. And like, why do you want to use Ramses? He's worthless. He's trash. He's like terrible, like useless, mm -hmm. right? And so he's kind of trying to explain to them like why he wants to do what he wants to do. Um, yeah, Ramses seems, uh, I, fig I figured we're basically done with Ramses by the time we learn more about who yeah. he is. And then he actually comes in quite heavily more. Very much so, <laughs> and it just give, give, makes me question things even more. But They also mention in this scene that the time of the resurrection is near. Yes. Um, so they're getting close to that time of the gospel. And in fact, because they seem to know what we're doing, because they're like, oh, yeah. even though um, Etrenunk <clears throat> crashed to the earth, we still retain the data from the memory cubes. Yes. And so they can still, and they're like, where is he now? Oh, he's in this forest, and he's heading towards... Yeah, a place. By the and way, and the idea is, oh, they're gonna they're gonna do the thing, but this was all planned. Like they wanted them to release the limiters from right. the people. By the it's way, so we were confused about where is the Gazel Ministries computer? Was it on yeah. Solaris when it crashed? I think it's inside of the Ezekiel, which is the 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 fishbowl ship that oh, Crowley oh. rides around. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure and that that's Satan. where they are. When Satan showed up with the Gazel Ministry, he was green screen. Like that, yeah, or they were, the they were, they um, were, they were remotely because they were on computer screens themselves. Right? I know, but Satan's so they were in the room with them. He's on the screen that's in true. the he, same maybe screen he with was, the gazelle behind Maybe he him. does go into the Ezekiel because Krellian's in Solaris at the time. The Ezekiel was probably I guess we docked. had passed out for who knows how long. The Ezekiel was probably docked at Solaris at the time. Okay, and and then when Yang and, and Krellian escape when it's being destroyed, they probably go aboard the Ezekiel and they leave. Hmm. So so the gazelle's on the Ezekiel. That uh, is that's where I think they're at. So, so Krellian and, 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 and the Gazal Ministry are on that Ezekiel fish bullshit. So that's considered to be the more safe place to be. Not yeah. now the that place. Solaris is destroyed. Well, but even before that, because yeah. they were put there ahead of time. Yeah. Like, hey, don't be on the mainland. Be here. Yeah. So, anyways, I think that's where they're at. But, yeah. <clears throat> um, okay. Now, now we get back to where Ramses and Faye encounter each other, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and he beats him. Faye beats him this time. It's, be, it's because mode. he is the id system yeah. mode. And, and this like sends Ramses kind of spiraling again. Because he had just attained the power where he thought he was no longer yeah. useless. I'm actually stronger than mm. you. I'm actually, you know, the one. <laughs> um, <laughs> not you. And then uh, Faye beats him again. He starts really losing it. Um, he starts becoming more and more possessed with the idea of proving that he's not worthless again. Mm -hmm. um, but Faye kind of rushes past him to go to Kislev. And again, this is where you kind of feel some of the sting of the game not having enough time to be finished. Because I'm sure that upon arriving in Kislev and in Nortun, that they were going to have more with Rico and Kaiser Sigmund. They probably mm -hmm. had more planned to resolve yeah, well, that story. And mm -hmm. they just don't do anything with it at all. Yeah, It just like is not really like a thing. And they're just narrating, rushing through this. Uh, it, it leads to this big battle where the central block of, of Nortoon is a ship. an Yggdrasil yeah. uh, model. It's Yggdrasil mm -hmm. 4. <laughs> and it morphs yeah. into a, this giant gear with 100,000 HP. Yeah, it's And you have this crazy. giant battle against this mobile weapon that can barely damage you at all. Yeah. It's like, it does like 150 HP damage to you. <laughs> yeah. And you can do like this giant massive well, max damage to yeah, it. The max. A really, really stupidly easy boss fight. 
Yeah. That they draw again. This is this happens a couple times where they basically describe the whole sequence of story that leads up to a boss fight. So mm-hmm, yeah. in this case, which is my least favorite part. That's <laughs> yeah. maybe the part that I because I like exploration. I, I'm not happy yeah. that we can't just go. Yeah, it just wherever tells you we want now. What happens? It tells you and then it drops you into a fight. And I'm like, I don't want the fight. What I want is to experience the story that you just told me, and then not have to fight a boss. Yeah. And then. And then explore the world. And they, mm. this game kind of does the opposite. They just rush through the story, let you fight the boss. For people who love fighting, that's cool, I guess. But yeah. it's not my thing. It's a shame. It's a yeah. shame because there's there was definitely a lot of potential in that little arc of like the mobile weapon going on, yes. terrorizing Yes, you know like. how it's like if you tell a really mm. intricate story and then you let your young child finish the story for you <laughs> and all of a sudden it turns out that Nortune was a ship and then it turned into a gear <laughs> and then it killed everything. But then there was this other thing that made it so that it couldn't just own the world. But then um, they, anyways, it, it just seems like a kid kind of took over. Yeah. And not because they couldn't, not because the idea couldn't have been done well, yeah. but just because it was rushed. It's rushed Because so a kid, a kid won't think to tell you the stories Fill that make in it the plausible. details and context. Yes. And a kid will just say, and then it turns out the city's a, a mech. <laughs> like what? Yeah, the whole city, and it goes, and it's a mech. Like okay, kid. Yeah. So that's kind of what it felt like. It here. definitely has that feel. But I do feel like they would have, based on what I experienced in disc one, it feels like. They would have given this proper treatment. It wouldn't have felt that way yeah. if they were able to actually do it the way they wanted to. It's almost like the game needed four discs of material. Yes, it feels that way, which yeah. is crazy because when we first talked, it's like, well, in the, like episode one, it's like, okay, they got halfway through the game yep. and then they needed help to finish it up and, oh, they were behind schedule, but not like a decade behind <laughs> schedule. They were just like a little <laughs> bit behind, like a few months, a year maybe behind schedule. No, that's not correct because based on what we just did in this playthrough is like a whole disc in and of itself yeah. or possibly more because yeah. there's so much story happening here. And it's like this game should have been four discs, in which case they were only a quarter done after two years. Yeah. That would mean this would have taken eight years yeah. to make this game. It's too ambitious. I mean, the Way story is just too large and Way too, too ambitious. So, but that puts into perspective just yeah. how much they dropped the ball. Yeah. It was way vastly under prepared for and yeah. that is definitely the fault of the directors but if if they were going to plan to make Xenogears one game a, a, as large as the story is mm. they would have had to have cut massive amounts of it out and like for instance one thing that I think could have been cut that would have like not totally damaged the story is just mm. all of Rico oh his, his whole, whole thing. just the, just cut him out of the story sure there. yeah don't need it not, not that I don't want him there mm. I like the story of Rico I like the Kaiser Kaiser Sigmund connection to the ethos the experimentation that turns him into this Blanco looking guy mm-hmm, I yeah. like the story but it's like that doesn't contribute to the game's themes as heavily right. as a lot more of the stuff with Faye and Ellie and some of the other more important characters so it's like if you're gonna make it one game instead of two games or three games or something you know, turn mm. it into a trilogy of games to cover the whole story. That, that's the kind of thing, because that, that Kislev section was really long back yeah. on disc one. And I mean, it was awesome. I loved it. I don't have a lot of complaints about it <laughs> as it is. But but if you are... I would have probably rather had some of the stuff happening here on disc two elaborated mm-hmm. and oh, fully, absolutely, fully explorable absolutely. rather than having that in the game. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if, it, it's like... In an ideal world, the whole thing gets made like yeah. disc one, and it's four giant discs that took a decade to make, or it's cut into two games, or it's cut into three games or something, and the whole thing gets finished. 
that would be ideal. Obviously, that's what we actually want. But if we're going to have to condense the thing into this one mm -hmm. game, two discs long, that's going to be made in two years and released in 1998, I would have probably removed Rico out of the game. Yeah, I would have yeah. probably even maybe removed... Um, Hammer. Uh, well, I guess Hammer would be removed because With Rico. Hammer... Anyways, they'd have to pick somebody else to betray them at Solaris. <laughs> that, that's easy to do, though. But I'm trying to think of, like, character arcs that, like, don't really go anywhere. Like, possibly even Maria. Because Maria's oh, kind yeah. of is all wrapped up after the Shabbat sequence anyways. It's like... Mm. But, I don't know. Anyways, it's not, it's not necessary to dig into what should have been cut. As much as it is to say, Just a to lot say, should have been cut. A lot could have been <laughs> absolutely In cut. order to, like, In favor of it. this stuff, yeah. But I, I will also say this. Playing it this time, I'm not that bothered by the presentation of disc two. I'm really yeah. not. And so it's like, it, a part of me is almost like, it's just fine the way it is. Yeah. We get the whole story, even though it's really rushed in disc two. I, it's almost fine to me that you get the whole thing, because there's no guarantee that they would have been allowed to make a sequel to this anyway. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I think that's why they were saying just end it at disc one, and he's like, "But the no. player, well, the idea is, well, yeah, but then you maybe yeah. you can make a sequel later." And he was like, "I'm not doing that, risking that. I'm right? not." Cause, yeah. And he was right. Well, in many ways, he was right because they didn't really yeah. want him to do that again. I would definitely rather have disc two the way it is, and have the whole story than have them cut it at some place like at the end of disc and one, then not allow promise a sequel, or, yeah. or set up a sequel and then never actually do it. And then never do that would have really sucked. Yeah, that would have been bad. So, no, I'm I happy. agree with you there um, because I thought that this disc two stuff was going to be more along the lines of Chu retelling <laughs> the story of what happened at Shabbat after we fought you yes. know, Maria's father. And that, I wouldn't have loved that as much, the way that that was done right there. Yeah. Uh, but they do an interesting job presentation-wise, and they're showing screenshots behind them of what is happening while it's happening. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it, it, it works better than I thought it was going to work. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. Then you get um, Ellie basically narrating an entire dungeon. <laughs> they just narrate the whole thing, you know, play it yep. all as they go through that, uh, that base and release the nanomachines into the yeah. uh, upper atmosphere. Now, as you were alluding to, there was kind of an unintended consequence with doing this, where the people's limiters get removed, yeah. but all of a sudden people start transforming into wells. Right. And um, a lot of people <clears throat> get the idea that the nanomachines are what turned people into wells. No, yeah. <clears throat> but that it's actually clarified that Krellian released a virus at the same time. So it's almost like they anticipated yes. the nanomachines were going to get released, and he released this virus that was carried by the nanomachines into people, and that virus is what, That's... like, uh, had, like, again, he and Miang have been doing genetic engineering mm. for a long time. Right. Trying to evolve humanity into a certain state that they're looking for, right? And, mm. and previous failures had resulted in demi-humans and things like that. Right. But in humanity in its current state, all it needed was like this trigger of this virus to start mutating them into wells, which was their whole plan the whole time. Mm. They're, they're trying to turn people, all of humanity into wells because they then like meld them into weapons and things like that. Part of this was alluded to with the oxen, uh, and Siebsen, mm -hmm. where their like neural networks were made yeah. with well bodies, right. which is why they have like a certain level of autonomy, the gears themselves, mm -hmm. right? Because they're actually comprised, their brains are like comprised of wells. Mm. So they have like 
wells inside of the souls, human souls. They're like their neural networks are made of humans, <laughs> but the wells transformed into wells. And so, yeah, Kralian released a virus simultaneous with the nanomachines and the nanomachines combined with them and carried them into people. That's what triggered this mutation, which was part of the genetic engineering yeah. that they had set up. Okay. Hopefully that makes they sense. They couldn't have just done it. Why did they do it then? Why did they do it at the time the nanomachines yeah. were released? Because they could have just done it whenever. No, I think the virus has to be carried by the nanomachines somehow. It's like they need oh. the nanomachines to carry the virus and... Um, because remember, these nanomachines are like okay. at, at the atomic level, right? And, they're, and they, they don't they have, have nanomachines. Um, well, they did. They had okay. So Krellian's work on nanomachines, remember, yeah, okay. was not complete but until Krellian, he. But Krellian learned his work from Melchior. Yes. And Melchior has these nanomachines. And nanomachine they things. they had a rift at some point. Yes, right. but why, if Melchior for five hundred years has had the machines that Krellian has been looking for? I think I think Melchior has. But been, I thought he had to go to Zebulon to get that machine. I think Melchior has been well hidden. Like he disappeared, and no one knows where he. So went. Melchior had the Zebulon technology. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It might be that Melchior actually just figured it out over the ah, course of five hundred years, and Kralian hmm. couldn't find him. So his backup plan sure. to that is: well, the Zebulon era had these nano machines. Let's go get those so I can study how they did it and fill in the gaps of my own knowledge. Okay. So either way, what Melchior has is the Zebuim technology. I think so. Not just the like the, lower the really level. beastly nano machines. Right. Yeah. They can do. <laughs> they're smaller, probably. That is my head cannon. Okay. I don't right. know if they ever actually specify that. No, but. they don't. Um, <clears throat> So the, some of this was very confusing. I do remember them talking about the virus, but I had kind of forgotten it because it didn't really, like, jive it's with It's so every, rushed It's just through. random. It's just like, oh my gosh, they're doing this. Say, let's launch the virus. Is that the Geisha Key or does the Geisha Key come later? No, the Geisha Key comes okay. later. That's, uh, that's even so different So they launch <laughs> the, the virus, but it's just so sudden. And I guess it's because, oh... We know where they're going because our save cubes still work, the memory cubes. Yeah, the memory cubes. And so we know what they're going to do based on where they're going, so now we can... Yeah. But, it's like they, but they basically... everything we're doing is helping them accomplish what they're doing. Yeah. They have been adapting their plans that? by watching us through the memory cubes for a long time. Right. So originally, like the Gazelle Ministry, for instance, they were going to uh, actually resurrect into gear bodies. Kind mm -hmm. of like Nikolai or Hammer or something like mm. that. That was their original plan to collect the animal relics and combine them with gears, and they were going to become, their bodies were going to be those like half man, half gear things. Mm. But then they realized the anima potential of the party traveling with Faye. And they were like, oh, these people would right. be sufficient bodies for yeah. us to actually go into. Let's actually let Faye come here. Bring mm. them along, and then we'll take those bodies instead. So they've been kind of adapting their plans as wrenches get thrown into it by yeah. watching and surveilling them through the memory cube. That explains a lot. That's yeah. all, that a lot of this makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would you so, look at it like that? Okay. Uh, okay. So, anyways, yeah. So everyone the turns virus, into wells. Not not everyone. I know. It's like a lot of people do. Some people do. Some people don't. Some people are way worse than others. Yeah. Some people have just a little. They're bit. like lightly mutated. Some yeah. are heavily mutated. But it is an enormously painful thing. Yeah, and um, it makes them just kind of go crazy. And yeah, and it sort of creates this new 
hierarchy, social hierarchy of what they call haves and have-nots. Yes, yeah. So like the haves are the people who were either like didn't had no transformation whatsoever. Like so, the nanomachines carried the virus, mm. but they genetically were are not um, designed as as Krellian and Miang had sort of been mm. watching over to have the trigger that does the mutation. Right. I, I took this a little bit differently. I read it to be more like the mutations are random, but whoever is genetically superior, whoever uh, is a more I better- I think that's the way they put yeah, it. Yeah, so that's yeah. the Nishan Ubermensch idea. You, you yeah. move towards that, right? So all the people who have a lower genetic quality, whatever, they, aren't, they became the wells, but yeah. people who were more like I, genetically superior, they didn't get affected. I actually think it's the reverse. Oh. So it's it's- the, the people that Miang and Krellian would deem genetically superior are the ones that did mutate. Oh, really? Because what they need are the mutated humans for okay. their plans. Okay, I was thinking the other way around. I yeah. thought that they wanted the bodies to be um, the gazelle bodies and the people and so, God so and all that stuff. The reason why I the, thought they wanted a perfect human for that. The reason why the party doesn't mutate is because they have the animus factor that the the gazelle want, they want oh. their normal human body. Right. Normal people are sort of like there's um, a spectrum of genetic superiority, as Krellian would deem it, or Miang would deem it, hmm. where the lesser so would not be triggered. That the, the trigger is the would not reverse happen. of what I thought. That's interesting. But those who did mutate, hmm. those are the humans we want for the plan. They're the ones who genetically evolved the way we wanted them to. It's, <laughs> I keep thinking with Wells that things are going wrong, but I guess things are going right. Wrong for them, as in the people who have to go through it, <laughs> yes. right for Crowley's purposes. So they purposes. are trying, because I keep thinking something else. I, I guess it never really entered my mind. That that's <laughs> No, that's what they're trying to create. That's what they want. That never that's really. That's what Crowley and Miang want. They want Wells. So oh, that's, but they, okay, that's crazy. Right. And so now they have the Soylent system, which is like a network of factories and mm -hmm. facilities that process wells and create yeah. these super weapons with them, right? So and they show that, they show like the, just the little mass clumps of fleshy yeah, balls combining freaky. into these like monsters and things. Crazy, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, because it sounds, okay, am I wrong in this? It sounds like they're looking for a new host for God, right? Um, they, how do I explain this? And if this doesn't come up till later, that's fine. I'm trying to decide but if they have said it yet or not. Well, I, I, I think they said something about it, where they're like, oh, we, it's time to resurrect God, and we need these humans to be different for some reason. My thinking was these humans will become the avatars for the new God. Um... That's what I was thinking, but but then they're the but the, well, <laughs> I guess they want a monstrosity to be God, right? To to be this monstrosity as opposed to like a person. I'm gonna hold off just okay. because I'm not sure if they've actually said it yet, but we're so close to that answer. Okay, and that's yeah. part of why I'm so confused. They're making they're purposefully making wells for their own corrupt whatever reasons. But they're also doing something to humans that has the result of creating wells in the pursuit of resurrecting God in some yes. way. So I that's yes. where I'm a little confused. But okay. I think that will be answered like very soon on the next <laughs> okay. play session. But okay. um, the people essentially go willingly to these soylent factories 
because the promise is yes. made to them that it will um, they'll be able to free them of the pain yes. of the like the molecular changes happening in them right yeah, it's yeah. like you'll be free of pain but what they're really doing is taking them and processing them and just like combining their masses of flesh into these like monster right. weapon creations right um, and so the party tries to stop this they try to go to these soylent factories and, and destroy them and convince people no you don't want mm. to do this but and this is kind of this definitely probably well not definitely that's a contradiction it definitely has some relevant like social commentary uh. for even like up to today now with these haves and have-nots right mm. so the party are haves because they didn't get mutated yeah. and they're trying to tell the have-nots what they should do yeah. you should not Same. go to the soylent system you should not trust solaris yeah you should um you know come for treatment in nisan with right with melchior and they're like you can't tell me what to do you don't know my pain mm -hmm. you have an ex you're a have you're a a person of privilege let's yes, put it yes, that yes, way yes, yes. you can't talk to me about what i should right. do there's this disconnect and it's hard for yeah. ellie to break through to these people because of that um, until they actually get into the factory and these monsters start breaking around and eating people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and so there's a boss fight there against, um, I forget the name of the boss, it was kind of a cool name. It's like Su Sufra something or other. Suful, Suful Mass or Suful something. Hmm. Anyways, it's a I big giant but yeah, I do monster guy it. with some other wells and you fight that thing. And then Ellie gives this really great speech. Yeah, and in, in the speech, she's like, um, they keep shifting to like a Sophia Yep, it's like goes back and her. forth. Yeah, yeah, as to who's talking. Almost yeah. like she did it 500 years ago, almost the same thing, right? Right. She's, she's, she's living a role again. Yeah. Is it, Mer uh, who's Bart's cousin? What's her name? Margie. Margie, she keeps commenting like you really resemble Sophia now. Yeah. Like you used to before, but now you really do. Yeah. And Ellie doesn't quite know how to take that, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, this stuff keeps happening. She keeps more and more and more doing and saying and acting the way that Sophia did. Yeah, and, and her speech really kind of is a breakthrough for, for these have-nots, right? Right. They finally restore some faith. Well, she talks about like offering herself in yeah. some way. And then it, that, there's that little anime scene where the boss okay. you just fought she yeah. cuts herself, and the blood goes into the yes. mouth of the enemy, and it, it, she, it sort of eases its passing. Tell me what happened in that cutscene. I know, I know the whole thing, but I want you to tell me <laughs> well, what happened there because there's a few moments I, there that are very confusing. I believe this is related to what Crowlian revealed back in Solaris with her blood, her genes mm. having the Uroboros. Oh yes, the life, the, the okay. um, like the foundation of humanity, or however you put it, right? Yeah. So it's like her blood, which carries that Uroboros ring, is almost like a healing property or something for people who okay. are turned into wells. She can ease their suffering. I like she that. Can, because she actually has like the true genetic foundation of all humanity in her. Mm. And so that's what I kind of see as what she's doing when she cuts herself and she, she lets her blood flow into his mouth. What happens to the well, though? I think it dies. Yes. But it, it's like it, it, she eases it. Can the well not it. just like kill itself? 
Um, well, can they not? Just well, like I don't know how in control they are. Their minds are kind of okay. gone, right? They're, they're, it's, uh, well, this happened in Solaris, remember? All these people well, are getting do. transformed in wells. These people seem to be reasonable, though, in more or less. Some of them some are not way. like fully transformed. So right. remember in Solaris, that guy who was like, hey, I had a dog in Kislev. Don't open this thing. Something's happening to me. Yes. In that moment, he was reasonable, but as he continued to transform, okay. he lost his mind and attacked you. Because well, I'm wondering why they aren't all attacking Ellie. I think it's various stages of transformation. But they're all reasonable. If any of them weren't, they'd be attacking her. Well, or each it, other, or somebody. Well, I don't know if they're fully mutated into the form where they would lose their mind completely yet. That's what I'm... But regardless of that, she breaks through even the ones that are highly mutated that are close to losing their minds okay. and kind of gets them to remember who they are. And then they go back to Nysan and they get treated with nanomachines, right, which reverts some of their mutation. Yeah. Um, and there's, again, the people who are heavily mutated couldn't be fully healed, but those right. who are lightly could be totally restored back to normal. Um, but there's something about Ellie's power as the antitype. Something yes. about her genes, where she can actually, like, restore people's humanity. Or at least ease their pain if they're too far gone. Right. So, in that anime scene, she drops blood in the thing, the thing, I don't know what happens, but then you see Faye. I, I think he just says Ellie or something, right? Okay. This may have been the way that it was done artistically. I'm thinking <laughs> about this now. It may have been a cut. Was it just a cut to Faye and then back to the thing? I think Because that, their faces occupied the exact same part uh, of the frame. I think it's, it was a cut. It seemed as though like the, they were the well disappeared and it was Faye's face somehow. And then you saw the well and it was like Faye was the well. I don't think that was intentional. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think they just cut to him because he was just like, oh wow, Ellie, you're like way less your role. Way less confusing then. Okay. okay. Yeah. For some reason, and it could be, it's <laughs> possibly completely my fault that I saw it that way, but that yeah. is how I saw it in some weird way. Yeah, I can see why you, why you did now that you bring it up. Yeah. But anyways, they, they get rid of all these soilent system facilities. They bring the mutated people back to Nysan where they get treatment, right? So there's like, yeah. that's like the kind of the end of that whole mutation arc that they really rushed through. <laughs> yeah. um, and and Melchior is continuing to improve the nanomachine treatment. So mm. it's like over time he's getting better and better at helping mm. people revert back to their normal human form to where even the highly mutated people can start to be fully restored again. But then there's a whole nother, <laughs> the geisha key that, yeah. that triggers it again. And we'll, 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 we start to learn about the geisha key in the next scene. Okay. But Ellie is basically fully fulfilling her role as Mother Sophia here. She is fully integrated as a type two, any a type mm -hmm. two now. Um, she's totally left behind any of that like negative eight that she sort of goes towards. She's lost any like desire to fight or kill. Mm. Um, and like Faye starts to notice this and he starts to try to get her more and more to like not go with them when they fight. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? yes, because she, she has sees a whole how difficult purpose. it is for her to do that. She's like really pained by violence now. Yeah. Right. And she has such a higher calling. Like she's yeah. helping the world. Yeah. Um, and they, they are too in their own way, but like the people need her. Yeah. Like if she's gone, the people don't have hope. Exactly. So we get another Gazo Ministry scene here where they, they're prepared to use the Geisha key now that that plan didn't work out with the virus. Right. It's like, we can use this Geisha key 
to initiate the transformation we want on the well, to turn people into wells. But Cain won't allow them to do it. It's not even just that he commands them not to, he has some kind of power that will what not the allow them that? to do it. He so shows up on TV and he just starts beaming. This he like, has, wee, 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 he wee. has some kind of power. It's not explained at all. But then but they just turn off his TV and they're fine. Like, it didn't do anything. Well, it he didn't, didn't hurt the he gazelle. He didn't it kill didn't. them. He just stopped them from using the geisha key. Oh, so... His power is specifically... This power he's using is specific. I know that they were kind of like, wah! And yeah, it like seemed they <laughs> like he was but like... I think a, that this is more to do with... He has some level of control of that geisha key. And they can't use it if he doesn't let them. Hmm. So this is where we start to see like a split between like the three current like villain factions and their yeah. like vision of the future of humanity. So like we, yeah. we pretty clearly know because the Gazel Ministry has explained to us what they want. Yeah, very explicitly, right? yes. Um, Crowlian has been a little less yeah. clear. And, and now we know that Cain is not, he does not want the Gazo ministry to use the Geisha key yeah. to do that. In fact, some, some <clears throat> through, in some weird way, probably through Satan's connection to the Emperor, it has, has seemed as though he has changed Cain might actually be on the better side yeah, of the Yeah, he's more a protagonist now. Yeah. And he, he has changed his mind about this. And because Seiden convinced him, humans don't need managers anymore. Remember right. in that scene, he was like the yeah. an, an, an belly or whatever that word was we used. Yeah. Which was the role of Fey, right? Like mm -hmm. the, the man of God who would come like lead humanity to right. the glorious future. He, he convinced Cain that the contact Fey is not a threat to the world and to their plan. Mm -hmm. And so Cain gives in to this idea, humans don't need managers anymore. They don't need us. They don't need mm -hmm. me or the Gazo Ministry or the other people. But he seemed to believe Crowlian was on his side. And so he was kind of helping yes. Crowlian somewhat. Yes. And he was going against the Gazo Ministry. We learned that that is not necessarily the case. That they're not necessarily aligned. Because he stops them. Cain stops the Gazo Ministry from using the Geisha key. Um, and uh, Crowlian talks to the ministry a little later and they decide to use Ramses to get rid of Cain. Yeah. And we'll get into that in a minute because that comes a little later. But okay. th this is this is how they know that they have to get rid of Cain now if they want to do what they want to do. Right. Because he's stopping them from using the Geisha key. But you have to go to a couple of different anima relic dungeons to recover the last anima relics that are not already obtained by oh, the Geisha yeah. ministry. And this would transform because we already have um, like the Veltal in its ascended <coughs> id form. Um, we know where Ellie's Omni Gear is. It's in Shavat. I think Saiten's gear has already transformed in Omni Gear at this point, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But uh, Bart's is. There was a whole mission. Yeah, for that. Bart's is there. The Andvari. So it's like Billy. Billy needs one. Rico. And Rico need an Omni Gear. Maria's is already kind of an Omni Gear because mm -hmm. it was developed in the Solaris, but she doesn't. She doesn't network with it. It has its own autonomy. She just tells mm -hmm. it what to do. So she doesn't get one, and Choo Choo doesn't get one. She just grows into a giant Choo Choo. Yeah. So it's like the there's two more anima relics that will get Billy's Omni Gear and Rico's Omni Gear. Yeah. The first one you go to is for Billy, and I like both of these dungeons. These are the first actual legitimate full length dungeons you get in Disc Two, not narrated, not just like here's what we did, and then you got to the end, you fight a boss. They're mm. actually legitimate dungeons you With explore. like puzzles and... Yeah. yeah, and they're pretty good. Yeah, I like it, was, it was good. I like these dungeons. Um, 
I, I especially like when you're like getting into the depths of them and you're about to go into the room where the animal relic is. They have those like giant linchpin locks on the doors that just go yes. and it like yes. opens and you go to the next level. It's like the sound design and just, it's really impactful. Like there's something really big yeah. kept in here. And there's multiple doors, like three yeah. separate doors or something. Yeah, yeah. really cool. Then yeah. you get in and it's like, oh, there it is, the animal relic, right? And so you go get that one for Billy and then you uh, go to the other one. And this is, f the second Animorelic dungeon is the one that is in a place <laughs> that was from the first civilization. A long time ago, yeah. The original civilization after the Eldritch crashed, right? Yes. Um, we don't know much about that one yet. Mm. We have not seen much about that civilization, but this is where like Cain and the ministry like first came from. Yeah. Their, their original civilization. Yeah. And we're going to learn a lot more about that in the next episode. But um, let me see here. I think it's at the end. Is it the end of this one or the other one that you run into the element girls? We in this one. It. We it's ran the into the second this one. element dungeon or the first element mm, dungeon? Or the first anima dungeon? I can't remember which dungeon. But I think it's the first one where, where Billy that gets his. That makes more sense to I me. I think it is. Yeah. Anyways. They're so useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they combine into a, a single mech kind of thing. Because we have fun twice. We fight yeah. once so separately. There's some interesting kind of philosophical debating that goes on here between the Element Girls and like Ellie and Faye. About um, like Dominion. Th they're, they're, they're like... Um, Social Darwinism. Yes, of <laughs> right. course. The, the survival. The, 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 the strong should devour the weak. Yes. And that's like what's better for humanity, right? That's... Is that the strong survive and the weak more fail? Uber, Ubermensch ideas, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and so they're kind of arguing about that. Um, and I love... Well, I love Ellie's sort of uh, rebuttal to that. And it kind of is one of the larger, it, it plays into one of the larger rebuttals to the idea of social Darwinism, which is yeah. like social Darwinism is about species survival, not about individuals within the species. Like the right. reason the human species thrived the way it did is because they came together. Yeah. They helped each right. other, right? It's right. a social species. And it's, yes. it's not because in strong individuals like dominated, it's because right. we became more collectivist Sure. Right. So, like, there's that whole it's like a big process counterpoint to the idea of social Darwinism as as accepted by the elements and as accepted by Ramses and like their right. whole ideology that drives them is that and, and and she makes the point at the end like you were all super weak too. Mm -hmm. Everybody is, and it's not until you came together and found strength in each other the and built each other up that you yeah. started to find your strength. That is like. That is what it means to be human. Oh, one of the girls says something so funny uh, after that. When we leave, after we beat them that time, I can't remember which one, but one of the girls says, she sure told us, but it seems <laughs> yeah. not sarcastic. Yeah. It seems they like, accepted it. at least that's the way I read it, was like, like she just let us have it and she's right. The mother, the anti-type, yeah. is, is their mother in yes. some ways. That's Basically true. just like that's told true. them what's what. Yeah, there And they go. were kind of put in their place. Gave them a spanky. And realized that they were kind of just naive little girls, yeah, which is yeah. what they are. Right. And they're brainwashed, right? Yeah. And Ellie like really set them straight. Mm -hmm. And so I really, really liked that part yeah, of the scene. Yeah, that was good. Um, I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on this, but what I didn't like about it was 
the actual like five minute like <laughs> gear combining oh my transformation. <laughs> and as they were jumping through miles of the now that's an anime thing, right? Where it looks like they're just Did like you flying. did you take note of the music there? Oh yeah, not like no, I didn't take note. It's flight. Oh, is it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> of course it it's is. It's flight. So that song can just be used willy-nilly whenever. Well, uh, apparently Mazato Kato thought so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Yasumi Mitsuda did. <laughs> there, there, this, this is something that people have fought me on a little harder than say like the, the use of it in Choo Choo's scene earlier. Yeah. Um, where people think it's appropriate. And uh, a lot of that has to do with like the name of the song, which is Flight. And so some people associate that theme more with ascension, um, going beyond your limits, as opposed to soaring, like a, a particular character. Yeah, or and and um, I have a couple of rebuttals to that. Hmm. Uh, first of all, if if what if if you're just going to write a, a generic soaring, overcoming your limits theme, hmm. why would you then use the same melody that was so strongly attached to Maria and her relationship with her father? If if this was meant to be used outside of that context, why would you use the leitmotif? It doesn't make sense to me. Right. It does not align to me that that theme, flight, was intended to be used as some generic soaring type, yes, joyous, triumphant song. Even when the antagonists are ascending. Because yeah. we know as a composer, you don't use leitmotif without a reason. Right. Like, you're not just going to say, I'm going to use this melody that I created, and he has said, specifically as a theme for Maria mm -hmm. in this song that is to be used in this context that has nothing to do with this character at all. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's that just not, not what he would have done. Proper use of the art. In that sense, because if you talk about it, it has something to do with ascension, uh, the idea could be then that this song would fit basically anywhere because ascension it, yes. is one of the themes of the game. It would have so been like a generic. Put it in any battle and oh, but they ascended because they won the battle. Like, okay, but that's, that's, why that's use, too broad of why a theme. Why use that melody? Yeah. Uh, melodies are written for more specific themes, not so yeah. much that much of like a broad theme, right. you know. On top of that, the context in which it's used, which is before the battle is fought, is not one that I think fits the emotion of the scene. Mm. These are characters, the elements, who are a danger to us and everything we're fighting for. Yeah, they they're are antagonists the, for sure. They are the philosophical opposition to what we are fighting mm -hmm. for. This moment is not a joyous and triumphant one. Yeah. Because they are a threat to us right. at that moment. So even if you were, even if the song wasn't using Maria's theme and it just had that feel to it, that joyful, triumphant, like positive major scale. We're feel, joining together to fight. Yeah, here we go. But they're the it's bad guys. Still, <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they are our philosophical opposites. Yeah. They are threatening us. Right. I don't understand that why that feeling is appropriate. I just don't get it. I don't get people's mm -hmm. argument because it just doesn't feel like that should be what we're feeling, watching right. the elements turn into the most powerful form that we're about to face in battle. Yeah. They are not protagonists, they are the antagonists, they are about to fight us, they are threatening us, they are, are like I say, philosophical opposites. Why are we getting this joyous theme as they transform? It makes no sense to me, it feels totally mm -hmm. wrong. I feel it's totally inappropriate. I agree, except I don't really remember that <laughs> moment all that well. <laughs> so. I mean, I remember the visuals a lot because I was like, oh, this is like so anime. And you can tell, I'll bet you, um, what's the, 
Tetsuya Takahashi. Oh, yeah. Tetsuya Takahashi. Bet you he had a blast at like arranging or seeing how, or at least directing how the arrangement of these things, because he was like way into mechs, oh, right? Oh, sure, yes. And the way that everything fit in and it involves yeah. like, I've always... It's like all these crazy different things happening. Ever since he probably I, loved ever that. Ever since I saw Transformers, I thought what a nightmare it must be to be able to... To make it all make sense. Make a car or truck yeah. or whatever machine transform so intricately into this machine and all the parts are yeah. still there. Yeah, it's just like you how? see the transition happen on screen. You see it happen. How on earth? Yeah, do you plan that I out? I don't know. They did a pretty good job. That's there. crazy. Yeah. That is some intense engineering going on. Yeah, and design mm-hmm. that is beyond my artistic yeah. scope. I, I have so much respect for people who can figure that out. I know it's crazy because <laughs> you have to visualize like the pro- not just the thing or the end product. You have to visualize, you know, the potential of everything. You know. Yeah. But um. This, these weren't that to that level. <laughs> no, no. But still pretty Not intricate. Not as many polygons. Still pretty intricate. <laughs> I think probably several million less polygons. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I love the scene overall, though. Um, uh, Ellie, yeah, Ellie says here, uh, Some things only the weak can feel, but weakness does not make them servile. It's because they are weak that they can develop kindness and never look down on people. That is where real human interaction comes from. Everyone has weaknesses. Even you did at first. Your weakness drew you to each other and, you made, and made you grow strong. Never forget those feelings when you all live together side by side. And this kind of brings together something that really hit home to me uh, in this playthrough. Uh, something I've just been thinking about generally and it really struck me with this is people kind of are motivated by fear or by love in the things that they do. Yeah, sounds about right. Right? Yeah. And it's it's kind of setting up this these opposites in the characters here where they're either motivated and they act based on their fears or they're mm-hmm. acting based on their love. Hmm. And to me, it's those who can acknowledge their weakness and can develop the humility in that mm. to see where they need to grow, where they need to change, um, the fact that they do need others, right? right? They develop this ability to love one another and act on that love and are motivated by that love. Whereas those who fear their weakness, mm. who are, who do not, who are full of pride, who will not allow themselves to admit those weaknesses, who adhere to this social Darwinism and I'm gonna be the strongest so I can survive, Mm. They're acting on a fear there. It's a fear of weakness. It's a fear of worthlessness. It's a fear right. that Hammer and Ramses and the Element Girls and all the villains are acting on. Mm-hmm. They're all afraid. They're all afraid of something. And so that, that fear motivates them and it usually leads them down this path. Well, that's and fascinating. As, as Ellie is showing here, it's, it's, when you, like, it's when you accept your weaknesses, when you come together, when you... When you it, it's like weakness and humility builds your uh, uh, ability to love. And when you yeah. act on love, you're doing things for the benefit of everyone, right? Mm. It, it's just something that really hit me, and I think it's really pretty profound. I, I, I agree, I like that theme, um, and also that is kind of Faye's story, where yeah. at the beginning of the game, he's acting more out of fear, and as things have slowly progressed, built more relationships, and specifically gotten to know Ellie, 
he has slowly begun to do things not just out of fear, yeah. but more out of love. Yeah. Uh, I, the the him deciding to go help save Shavat, which was very yeah. lightly glossed over in this <laughs> disc, uh, was basically that. He used to be afraid to even help a child who was in imminent danger from somebody about to smash them. Yeah. He didn't want to help the kid because yeah. he was afraid of something in his life or whatever he might become or what do I mm -hmm. do now? He was afraid. Totally afraid. Um, but now that he's acting more out of love of not just the people around him, but broader, you know, yeah. broadly speaking, everybody, more or less, um, he's willing to go and do stuff that he, kind of totally out of his business, you yeah. know, completely way out of the way. It's, yeah, it's a great yeah. point with Faye. Yeah, Faye was good totally theme. motivated by fear through yeah. the whole beginning of the game. And it's slowly, and you can't even tell w at what point he, it stopped happening and he was motivated by something else, but it's, yeah. a, sl it's a process. Yeah. And it's cool. They did a great job in the game of showing it, that. Tremendous character development. Ellie was motivated by fear early on too. And it's like, as these two characters have, have accepted their weaknesses, which was in large part due to their conversations with each other, mm -hmm. they like yeah. bonded over the fact that they could yeah. be vulnerable with each other. Yes. They could admit their weaknesses. They could look inward. They could mm. see where they needed help and they helped each other. And that like developed their love and it dissipated yeah. their fears. And they were no longer afraid when they were together. And that's kind of like, the whole point of, of uh, our, the way that our need for social interaction works. It's like, as long as, when you feel like you have those connections and you can be vulnerable with people, it sort of dissolves those fears that you have. The more yeah. you isolate yourself, the more that you try yeah. to, you know, take everything on yourself or prove yourself, it, uh, that's motivated by that fear and it leads to a bad mm -hmm. place and it leads to a fracture of your, yes. of your, uh, of your psychology, uh, of your confidence, yeah. of, of yourself. Mm. It, 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 you, you slink into your shadow yeah. instead of developing your inner opposite. And it's like all of that philosophy mm. really comes together, I feel yeah. like, in what, in what she's saying in that, that speech the, to like the elements. Three sentences, it's yeah. like all there. Yeah. And it's just really well done. It's like they're really paying off on all of that philosophy that they're pulling from, from all those sources. Well, I am, I am glad that they didn't just you know, brush over this particular yeah. moment because <laughs> they easily could have. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so after that scene, you get back to the Gazal Ministry. Miang is there, uh, referring to her as mother again, right? Yes. Um, and this is where this it, they're asking Cain to be used. They, they put it in quotations. Cain should be used to kill Cain. Yes, of course. So this is pretty confusing. What did it you is. make of that? Well, I didn't know until the thing happened later on. Well, and yeah, because since we know Ramses is used. Yeah, I still don't know, have a cl clue at all what's going on there. But, okay. but um, um, what I am most confused about is Krillian saying things like, I created something for this purpose. Yeah. I created you, I created you, I created like all this stuff. It seems like Krillian would even predate Kane. Because the way Krellian talks, he says, I created yeah, you. Yeah, I, I can see why you would feel like that. Yeah. I it's created so you unclear. for this purpose. I created you for this other purpose. And I created you. But Cain's been around forever. He's cursed to live Yeah, forever. so Krellian has only been involved since 500 years ago. That's what I had um, gathered from the phase but memories. But he has done a tremendous amount of... He's been involved in all the genetic engineering. Uh -huh. So that's usually what they're referencing in cr him creating things. Okay. He's, he's using genetic engineering, manipulation of the genes to 
Well, we already know, actually, I, I copied this down. So let's, let's do this as a way to hopefully clarify a little bit of what's going on with, um, with Ramses and his connection to Cain here. So much earlier in the game, there's another Gazal ministry conversation um, where Gazal Blue number one <laughs> said, this can't be, the panic has spread to Entrenunk. And Krellian says, those fools who we call citizens are easily manipulated by the emperor's word alone. And another Gazal Blue says, you think Cain will be receptive? So they're trying to get, they're trying to decide whether they can persuade Cain to talk to the people and calm them down at that mm -hmm. point in the game. And so he's like, do you think Cain will be receptive? Do you think he'll do what we want? And then another one in the red Gazal says, his body already is at, a, uh, at the limit. He can't hold out much more. Yes, he's reaching the end of his life. His life, right? Yeah. And so Krellian says, as usual, a clone may be used. Those fools won't know the difference. And even if the barrier fails, it will not be like the disaster before. So they've been using clones of Cain to speak to the people. Hmm. Remember we mentioned that actual speech where Cain came up and spoke yeah, to yeah. the people? That was not actually Cain. That hmm. was one of these Cain clones. You don't need to clone somebody who's always wearing a mask. <laughs> it doesn't matter the if they double. look like, exactly like the person <laughs> or not. That's interesting. But now with that understood, with the reminder that they have cloned Cain right. before, right, uh, Ramses... Let's see, are we up to this point? I just want to make sure I'm missing anything here. Well, there was a thing that happens between here and... There's the another Anima Relic dungeon. Assassination. Um, and, and like Hammer and everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's skip that for a second to clarify this, and then we'll go back to it. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 I'm totally wrong. We're not there yet. Okay. Faye and the others go in search of information about where the last Anima Relic is, and they split from Ellie. Yes, okay. Um, and so Ellie feels this premonition that she needs to go back to Nysan, like something bad's going to happen there. Yeah. So she goes back there while they go look elsewhere. This is when Ramza shows up and attacks Nysan. Oh, yeah. Looking for Faye. Yes. And he grabs Ellie and he's like crushing her and he's like baiting Faye out mm -hmm. with threatening to kill her. And as he's like crushing her, I, this is not clear to me but I think she uses some kind of anti-type power to mm. like freeze. It doesn't. Pain, or to freeze. Uh, visually, Ramses. I can't tell yeah. what happened. And that's due to its abstract presentation because yeah. they're not actually blocking the scene He out. just kind of like moves backwards. They just have a picture in the background and they just yes, have like Ramses and Ellie right. talking to that's each other. Right, that's how it goes. And he's, and he's in his Omni gear or whatever. But um, anyways, I'm not sure, but I think Ellie uses some kind of anti-type power to stop him from killing her. Mm -hmm. And he's like feeling all um, useless again. Like, I can't even kill her. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with me? This is not right. And so they have a big back and forth conversation where Ramses finally kind of reveals his origins a little bit. So what he says is, I was created to have the powers equivalent to those of Emperor Cain. Right. So that makes a little more sense. I know they're not saying it outright but he's a fetching clone of Cain. <laughs> but, but apparently they've made several clones. Yes. But they're acting as though this is the one clone. This is the one that was supposed to be the replacement. Okay. He and was going to be the one to replace Emperor Cain. And somehow his powers aren't what they could be because Cain is still well, alive. 
if Cain wasn't yes. around, then Ramses would be even more powerful. So right. Ramses is in this perpetual pursuit yes. of power, this unattainable, he's always right on the cusp, and he misses it It's every like time. Cain has the last of the powers he needs, and he has to be killed to obtain them. Yes. But only Ramses can kill Cain. Krellian can't do it. Right. Niang can't no, do I it. No, I don't know why. Because he has some innate power as the clone of Cain that allows but, him to but, kill him. But why? It's not, I'm, I'm, I'm I know. Okay. It is not explained why. I got you. It's I got you. just the reason. Fair enough. <laughs> and I can accept that. I can accept it. This is In this world, Cain can he, only be killed by his He goes his clone. on to say, you could say I was to be the ideal form which all people strive to become. However, once he, Faye, was born, I was rejected. Yeah. So whatever role Ramses was genetically engineered to, to become as the replacement of Emperor Cain, mm. they were like, never mind, Faye the contact is here, we'll use him instead. And they threw, they literally threw Ramses' fetus into a pile of trash. <laughs> and they wow. show a, a, an image of that. It's like he's, he's sort of like half developed in this little test tube. I don't know and that they, I quite remember <clears throat> seeing that. That's crazy. I'll show you the image. It's like he's like half formed in this little test tube. And it's really important that you pay attention to the two people because it's Krellian and there's a different woman who's not Miang in like a blue dress that we have not really seen in oh. the game yet. Well, and they're it like, sounds they're like, like this was an important scene that I They <laughs> are observing didn't know. the fetus Ramses. And then in the next little JPEG that they put in the background, that little fetus is laying in a trash heap in Solaris somewhere. Mm. So he says, um, "Interesting. I was rejected. I was given life in a pile of trash, born in the dark, cold abyss of worthlessness. But I was able to crawl out of there. I was able to survive on my own strength in order to get back at all those who have forsaken me. Despite all of that, I was able to get this far. I was able to provide myself with the warmth that I required to continue living. But he had to come back and intervene in my life one more time. He tried to take away uh, from me again. As long as he exists, I don't belong anywhere. So this is why Ramses changed so dramatically as soon as Faye entered. Because yeah. remember how like, oh, he on was top cool of thing he was? Oh, yeah. He was totally in control. Yep. He was kind to Margie. He was yeah, like, yeah. kind of like almost honorable-esque. And this is why uh, Saiten and Sigurd and Jesse were so persuaded by him back mm -hmm. in Solaris. He was very charismatic. Right. And um, totally in control until Faye showed up. And this was, this mm. represented to him a, th a, th a threat to his entire existence. You're the whole reason they forsook me. You're the whole reason right. I did not fulfill my potential that I was created for. Because you were born, they threw me into a pile of trash as a baby. So did they think that Faye can kill Cain? Is that the idea? Yeah, because remember how Cain was the whole time like, make sure, Hyuga, that he's not a threat to Kay. us, right? right? So, so Cain cannot be killed. But there's a couple asterisks next to that statement. The contact. <laughs> Faye can do it. Nellaby or, or whatever he is. Could do it. Well, they, they were they were creating clones, I think, probably with the intention that they'll create if they can make a complete enough clone, I guess we'll put it that way, mm -hmm. they'll have the ability to kill Kane. 
Ramses was that guy, and then Faye right. came around. And they were like, actually, the contact's even better. I can't believe how quickly they just throw away their old plans. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when, when, when something comes up that's better, they just jump on that I know, but, but what <laughs> happened, like, Faye could have died at certain points. There could have yeah. been all sorts of other, but they just, they're all eggs in one basket over and over. This is Every the problem. Time. It's unbelievable. This is the problem with rushing your story in the second half. Because <laughs> you can't fill in these details. Right, you can't make it, what is it? You can't um, provide more context. You can't make it seem... You can't provide the, uh, the additional narrative, extra yeah, the extra stuff that makes it seem plausible. They just have to get right to the heart of it. And what is it? And um, Paul says this in the New Testament. He said, uh, talking about the saints. I can't remember where it is. Something about milk before meat. Yes, you must be fed with milk yes. before the meat. Yes. The, and with as regards with regards to the story of Xenogear, disc two is they're just giving us the meat, the milk but we or, don't. Get oh yeah, to, but we don't have the. Yeah. We don't get to um, work our way into it. <laughs> yes. We just it's like your yes. work kids that are just being thrown meat. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of crazy. So, anyways, that's what's going on with him. Right, and that's why he's able to kill Cain in the scene that takes place afterwards. Because Ellie tries to talk sense into him. She tries to like, you know, do her motherly anti-type role. Yes. And he's like, no, she goes, shut um, up. I'll always be here for you, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> he goes back and the Gazelle Ministry continue to tell, tell him what worth this piece of trash he is. And so he, he then turns to Miang directly and he's like, is this really like the, oh. the limit of my powers, because abilities. he brings up specifically uh, Ellie. He's like, I couldn't even touch Ellie. Yep. I couldn't do anything to Ellie. Yep. Like, is am I am I am I only so good up to the point where this this girl can just like control my life and yep. just ruin it? Yeah. And and so they're like, no, you have to kill Cain to get the full extent of your powers. But but this is probably the fourth time he's been told that he just needs to do one extra yep. thing and they're, then he'll have enough power. They're leading him on. One one more and but then Graf so comes desperate. and oh, here's the real power. That Okay, yeah. oh, but that's not enough. He's so desperate yeah. that he just takes it, hook, right. line, and sinker every time. So anyways, after, before we see him actually face Kane, that's when we get the second Anima dungeon. Okay, there you where go. Where you go through that cave. The 10,000 years ago thing. Yeah, and, and um, apparently there's there's it. a mural. I'll put it on screen. There's a mural. No, I'm not going to talk about it yet because it would spoil something. Never mind. There's a special mural that you might want to pay attention to. Looking at it, it's hard for me to tell what it is, but other people talking about, oh, you can clearly see that this is Kane, and you can clearly see this and that. And it's like I saw I things. I just I don't, don't know if I see that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. Uh, anyways, stuff. we might return to that mural in a future. Interesting. Episode. Okay. Cool. There's a mural in that dungeon. That's like there's worth. tons of like writing and stuff. Yeah. It all looks um, kind of Hebraic actually. It looks yeah, it's like really Hebrew. ancient looking. It looks older, yeah. yeah. Which is weird if it's um, from the, the Eldridge. The, so it's, that it would, as soon as it from, crashed, the people are like really bad at writing It's not from the Eldridge. Now. It's from the first civilization that came well, after the Eldridge crash. So like... You know, there was just the lone surviving. It just seems like they had to redevelop writing again. Looking at yes. the horizon, it's like the humanity that sprung after that created a civilization. Okay. And it's that civilization. I think I keep assuming that there were some people that survived the Eldridge, and I well, believe we'll find that's out more true. About that. We'll find out more about that. But this is making it seem like no, they started from nothing. They started from absolute scratch and had to learn to write again. You know, you'll see. Okay. You'll see. Sounds. There's more to learn there. Um, anyways, that's the civilization that built this place where this animal relic is at. They go get it. It's Rico's. They're coming out. Hammer shows up to fight you. And, um, he's been melded 
to his gear in the same way Nikolai was. He's like kind of transformed, right? He's, he's yeah. all like, I finally got the power I was looking for. Krellian gave me what I wanted, but it, he had to pay a pretty heavy price. Yeah, so <laughs> I, um, Kind of the same as, uh, what was his name? Red Skull, uh, Bishop Stone. <laughs> the same <laughs> thing is, power. You, you have it all, but it costs you everything. Yes. That kind of thing. That's kind of what happens. And, the, and you know, Ellie is devastated by what happened to Hammer. Because well, we have to kill him. Right? And the, devastated by the fact we couldn't do anything to save him here. Right. Because you fight him and you kill him and he's like, oh, bro, like. <laughs> um, he, says something to, he says something to Rico, though. He's like, you are the son of the Kaiser. You have to keep living. You have to go back. Something like that. And, and Rico's like, oh, you knew that? <laughs> he got like he already kind of knew. He's like, oh, I didn't know you knew that hammer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And hammer's like hammer's final like, I know famous words. like, don't underestimate the, my, the, um, the depth of my, uh, my information network. Or, yeah, my information network. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say another thing. When when we first brought up Hammer, I was going to say, Dang it, Hammer, stop betraying me. Stop betraying me. Stop freaking betraying me! So bad. He, so he needed he needed to feel important. He needed to feel powerful. He feel did. Important. And they, what is he the line? He acted out of fear. Afterwards, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Afterwards, the line is um, something along, well, something like uh, he looked like he was happy that we killed him. Yeah. Like he didn't enjoy living like that, but he couldn't do anything else because he because yeah. he's, he's too afraid. Yeah, he was kind of happy it all ended. Yeah, he's, he's like, over. oh, okay, that I can that finally, ended about how it should. I couldn't stop myself from doing this, right. but I'm glad you stopped me. Yeah, sure, that was all said I and like done, that. right? And Ellie's devastated by that. Yeah, and this is when Faye decides, like, you probably shouldn't be fighting with him <laughs> anymore. Yeah. This isn't going to work out. Now, when he first tells her, <clears> she's she's not happy about she's it. She's pissed. Um, but he's kind of right. No, he is. However, he is. before we get that scene, <laughs> then we get the scene where, where Ramses kills Cain. He like decapitates. Oh yes. Him. So it's the weird. It's the weird Satan world. It's the weird. Um, mm-hmm. He's like there, there in the well, all the paintings and wherever. Because I, I was is curious at. how this worked and what what the abstraction is that they're getting at b- based With on that. this type of artistic I have literally no idea. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, is this just a telepathy and then they're just showing them in the same place but they're not really in the same place? I don't know. Kane is clearly in somewhere, but and then, um, but there's like walk pathways and there's like places and it's it seems to be an actual place, like yeah. a physical place somewhere that's just surrounded by paintings and it's black. Yes. I don't know why Caden loves those paintings so much. He, but he loves the contact. He, he, <laughs> he loves apparently Faye's, Faye's does. art is dope. But 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 Faye's <laughs> the one that was gonna kill him, he's afraid of him. Anyways. I don't know dude. I don't know. Stuff. I don't know. However, in fact, here's a funny note I put down. I, I wrote, Ramses has been manipulated into killing Kane. He's the only one who can do it. And I put in parentheses, why? Look this up, as you were saying, right? <laughs> and then I put, well, he's the clone of Cain, but beyond that, they don't elaborate on this. So I have no idea, Just but it has something reason. to do with whatever innate powers he inherited as the genetic clone of Cain. He's the Cain. only one who can kill him. And and also, why yeah. is Cain immortal? That's, you know. Yeah, they talked about the treatments. They were artificially, you know, but was that the case the whole time? They were because the gazelle's like we can't kill Cain, but it's like no, just don't give him the treatments. He'll die. Just, just like go kill him. I wonder if they are dead. Maybe they both have. Is it a rule? Equal, Thou shalt not kill Cain. Equal levels or? of connections and power in terms of who serves them, right? So it's like when they say I cannot kill Cain, it could be that. Well, like, it's we like well, you're saying why don't they cut enough? off his genetic or his treatments, his life extending treatments? Right. But it's like 
maybe they don't have the power to do that because right. Cain is being served by loyal people on this side who administer it and they would have to literally wage war against Cain mm -hmm. to like kill all of his followers. But it's like, <laughs> is that worth it if we're at equal levels of, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I do. I totally know what you're saying. So the idea of, oh, we can't kill Cain isn't He's too the strong. technical. They're at a stalemate he's of immortal. influence and power. Yeah, with but it's the, we can't do it. Like we, our hands yeah. are tied. Or also right. the, uh, Cain has to is destined to live forever. It doesn't mean that he's literally mortal. It just means that the, it has been determined that Cain has to live, and then the, they're going to do this thing to artificially keep him alive. Yes, right? something along all those part lines. of the that makes sense. Resurrection of God, time of the gospel stuff. Yes, and their pl their original plan for that, which is over the course of ten thousand years, Cain's mind has changed on it. Yeah. Crowleyan is now in the mix of this, and he's kind of doing his own thing with that. Miang right. is also part of that, and Graf is doing his own thing, and the Gazo Ministry are the, the, the only ones that seem to be dedicated to the original or plan Gazelle, or the right? Gazelle Ministry. And I think I know why. Yeah, it's because they're computers. <laughs> they, they are. They're yeah. they're whatever mind state they were at the time their brain was uploaded to the computer. Yeah. Is unchanged. The zeros That's and ones an interesting are theory. no different. Yeah. Uh, so they can still interact and do whatever. Hmm. But as far as them changing their personality or changing or evolving or, or I like that. Uh, I think that they can't. They're literally incapable. Yeah. And it's so funny because they're always talking down about Kane. They're like, Kane, he's got that body, that idiot. He is so much like below us. We've got the real power. We're computer people, and we yeah. can. But it's like I think that's in part what they're missing is that they can't, like change. They can never change. They will always be what they were when they were uploaded. Right. That's that's I like that. That's actually really plausible. Sweet. Um okay. I, got, I got something right. Yeah, I think so. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Yeah, so then uh Ramses just kinda like boop, just like yep, one sword off. poke, just like cuts and then Kane's gone and it's like I thought we were gonna get a reveal on who Kane was, but he's dead. So <laughs> and maybe we will here's but he's here's just, why I think they don't reveal Kane's face. This is because it's like if Ramses is, is he the, the clone of Cain, right? If if Ramses is the clone of Cain, mm -hmm. does that mean Ramses' face is then it would is be Cain's face? However, right. if that were the case, then then Cain would have known all along Ramses was his clone. Did Cain not know? It doesn't seem that Cain realized Ramses was capable of killing him. Otherwise, why would he let him within You're ten right. feet to kill him in the first place? So there's a perfect works. Huh explanation for oh, this okay. that we'll get into some other time. Okay, sounds good. But Ramses does not look like Cain for a reason. For a reason. So that they could disguise the fact he was sure. the clone of Cain and allow him to get in there and kill well, him. Well, if, if it can be fae, then anything's on the table. <laughs> Correct! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, one other thing I was going to put here, though, is mm. that... Okay, so we have these um, three different, like, visions of... Yeah, Krellian. Krellian's... Cain's and the Gazel Ministries. Um, Krellian seems to be the however, real one in charge. Krellian's is going to become more clear as to what he's looking for. But so. if you have read the novel Childhood's End, mm, you'll probably get haven't. a clearer view of what the idea for Krellian's character is. Hmm. Because his name is not supposed to be Krellian. It's supposed to be Karelin. Karel, that's the Japanese. The Japanese. That's Karel, Karelin. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was in. It was spelled wrong in the transliteration. Mm. Um, so, yeah, 
His name's supposed to be Corellan, and Corellan is like legitimately just lifted straight out of Childhood's End. Hmm. Um, I will very briefly summarize kind of what that book is about without spoiling it too much. Um, Corellan is one of the alien overlords. He's like the leader of the alien overlords that come to Earth. And for a long time, they don't contact humanity at all. They're just like their ships are sitting above pe- these cities for like decades. Mm. And, and the idea is that they're going to have this very slow introduction to humanity where mm. they just like, they do it in such degrees That's smart. where if they had just done it all at once, it would just be way too freaking scary and people would have gone into pandemonium. They just like got them used to the fact that we have alien ships above our cities mm-hmm. for two decades and nothing's happened and we're just kind of used to that now. And then we'll finally reveal one of the aliens to you, you'll mm-hmm. see his face and it's like, oh my gosh, you look freaking nuts. But it's like, you, by and degrees, let that sit for a while. by degrees, yeah. they're just preparing them, hmm. preparing humanity for the next stage of their evolution. And to what ends that is, I'll actually go maybe into more detail once we get to the end of Xenogears, if, and I'll put a spoiler warning on it for the book. Okay. But Corellin in that story is overseeing this evolution of humanity into this new state. Hmm. And Krellian is kind of doing the same thing in Xenogears through his genetic engineering. Oh, right. Right, so they're trying to get humanity to, a new, to this, this perfect state that they want for their purposes. So that's where Krellian kind of comes from. That's the inspiration that Krellian is drawn from, is Corellin from Childhood's End. Okay. Everyone should read that book, it's fantastic. Arthur C. Clarke is beast. Okay, now the ministry can use the Geisha key because Cain is dead. So Geisha key, um, again, spelled incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. It should have been Gosia, G-O-E-T-I-A instead of G-A-E-T-I-A. Yeah. Um, and so this, what this is a reference to is something yeah, I called- had to, I had to look this one up. <laughs> the Lesser Key of Solomon. Right, yeah. Which is um, like a 17th century grimoire on demonology. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so grimoire, this, this term is used a lot in like Vagrant Story. It's essentially like a, like a textbook or like a spell book where you mm. learn how to perform magic spells or you have like um, bestiaries on all the demons and it's it's this mythical yeah. magical book where you learn magic from. Yeah. That's what a grimoire is. Um, so the Gosha. Well, yeah, this key specifically <laughs> yeah. is for the releasing of demons from the world. Yes. Right? And it was so you written by some anonymous person. Show up. It was written by some anonymous person in like the 17th century. It's like a book on freaking demons and magic spells and dark magic and stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, what does this say about it? It's divided into five books. You have the Ars Gosha, the Ars. Yeah, the Ars Gosha. Uh, that's where this comes Theor- from. Theorgia Gosha, the Ars. Paulina, the Ars. Almadel, the Ars. Notoria. And it's all, again, related to this summoning demons and stuff. That's what the Geisha key is a reference to. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Yeah, kind of cool to learn about it. It doesn't have like that much true relevance to Xenogear's story necessarily. Oh, okay, just the name was kind of cool. And but, it's sort of relevant yeah. to exercising demons. No, 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 yeah. what's the opposite of exercising demons? 
Summoning them. <laughs> Summoning demons. There you go. That's the word. But what it does, what the geisha key does in Zinegar's world is essentially what that virus that uh, Krellian sent out with the nanomachines was meant to do, which is it, it triggers the right genes yeah. in people to transform into whales to mutate. And it does it on a Again. way larger scale yep. than, the, than the other ones did. So they're actually able to use that. And people start turning into wells again, despite the nanomachine treatments they've been receiving. Yes. Um, also interesting is that the the twelve um, Gazelle Ministry members mm -hmm. are named after the twelve tribes the of tribes. Israel, yes, which yeah. are the the twelve sons of Jacob. Jacob's the yeah. grandson of Abraham. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Jacob's twelve sons, which are Dan, Joseph, Gad, Asher. Zebulun, Judah, Dinah, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Isaacar, and Naphtali. Now, yeah. they, it also tells which people they're aligned with. So Dan, the, Gaz, the Gazelle Dan, is aligned with Bart. He's not aligned with Dan? No, he's aligned with Bart. So apparently Dan's Dan, a Dan, of a fighter. Uh, I forgot about Dan. <laughs> Dan's actually coming back in the story pretty soon. Oh, are you kidding? Um, <clears throat> so Joseph is aligned with Billy. Gad is aligned with Rico. Asher mm. is aligned with Sidon. Zebulun is aligned with Ramses. Judah is aligned with Corellin. Dina is aligned with Ellie. Uh, Reuben, Simeon, we don't know. Levi, we don't know. Iscar, we don't know. And Naphtali is aligned with Graf. So, mm. the, the Gazelle are planning to take the bodies of Corellin and Graf. So, you know, who knows how they feel about that. And Ramses, That's too. That's interesting. <laughs> anyway. Those are where the anima relics are, right, in, in those gears. Something tells me Corellin is uh, going to subvert the Gazelle ministry as well. Uh, I think Corellin is <laughs> he's well... Just, uh, he's clearly the one in charge, and if there's ever a conflict, he's like, he's, hey, he's, unplug you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's that. Okay, so the party starts to make a plan to go and fight back. This is where Faye tells Ellie, you can't come with us. Like, and he, gets, he, he says it in a really harsh way. You're just going to get in our way, yeah. you know, like, mm -hmm. you're useless to us now. Like, this right. kind of language. And she's, you know, runs away crying. And, and everyone's, that, everyone's like, like, dude, that was that, too that rough. That was way too Who, harsh. Was it Margie in particular? Was yeah, like, Margie and even Bart. Yeah. Sidon, they're all telling him he's way too harsh. Say, that was too rough. Go uh, back. You shouldn't treat women like this. And we're like, yeah, all right. Well. And he's like, look, but I did it because she wouldn't listen to me otherwise. <laughs> she's not Ooh, just, oh, she's not just, she's not just going to. Not come because I say don't right. come. Well, I have to like make her think we don't want her. <laughs> <laughs> this is so <laughs> to um, get her to run away. Yes. And they're like, I get it, but like maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe <laughs> maybe you should <laughs> like, stick together. Try, try explaining. We know how you feel about her. We know how she feels about you. Maybe it's time to actually like tell her that. Right. Maybe it's time to actually like. I mean, you kind of have, but not. They've like been a avoiding the actual discussing it for saying so long, I love yeah. you yeah. using the L word. Right? <laughs> the L word. They've avoided that to the point. Like, it's time to do that. So he goes in there, and um, I really love this. It kind of brings together some of the things I was talking about earlier. Mm. He tries to explain it to her in gentler terms as he goes into a room to explain it, right? Like, listen, you're, you, he says something like, your body doesn't just belong to you. I don't like the way that's phrased, mm. but the idea of it is, you are more important. Like, your yes. life's doesn't just belong to, to the you. people. More, yeah. th it's not your body, it's your life, I yeah. think. 
is would be more correct. Does not just belong to you; belongs to the people of the world. You're you're the mother Sophia. Like you mm. are a symbol that is like vital to the hope of the world. Like mm. you cannot freaking die, which is why you can't come on this suicide mission we're about <laughs> to go on. Exactly. <laughs> and she realizes that, right? She knows it, but her thing is like, I can't be apart from you, though. Yeah, and and I really loved this. I, a lot of Ellie's dialogue is mm. so good in this. Since too. she's matured, she's been like she's phenomenal. A very yeah, love. Very good. She's just full of wisdom. Yeah, and that's what Sophia is. Sophia means wisdom in Greek. Wisdom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's the fourth stage of anima development. Yeah. In union. Uh, well, wisdom is. <clears throat> wisdom is the feminine attribute. That's why yeah. Zelda has a triforce of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, wisdom also in going back, going way back, um, the goddess, the, the goddess of Mother Nature was mm. also the goddess of wisdom. Yeah. And that, that's even true in the Jewish religion. If you go back far enough towards more of the Canaanite religion-ish, similar yeah. to where Judaism may have come from um, before Egypt, there's the goddess Asherah, which is the goddess of wisdom. She also represents trees and stuff, and it's very much like that's the final stage as far as the consciousness goes the final stage of a woman is is the wise you know the source of wisdom yeah more or less yeah she's embodying that very well so she starts to de- to describe how how she came to discover that she loves Faye. remember mm-hmm. a little earlier she was like i gotta like sort out my feelings i gotta find out what i really feel right yeah need some time away from him yes. now she knows what you feel and she's about to describe how she came to that conclusion and it's Oh my goodness, it like almost brought me to tears. It's so freaking relevant and true to like yeah. real life relationship. It's so good. She says uh, something about how like early on in their relationship, she saw some parallels in the things that they had suffered. So right. she saw some similarities there. She's kind of drawn to him because she didn't want right. to feel alone anymore. She had felt so alone in her suffering. Like she's the only one who's experiencing these things mm. that she can't explain. This other entity inside of her that's awakening and these powers that she doesn't know how to control. And, and she's running away. And she's running and away she from that. she meets Faye who's running away. Who's running away from that. Yeah. And he has similar experiences. <clears throat> right. And it's like she's drawn to him because, it's, oh, someone who understands. Yeah. I don't have to be alone anymore. That was the initial reason mm-hmm. why she was drawn to him. Right? And, and that's actually not a good thing for building a healthy relationship. Because if, if you're using this person to run away from those problems and to not look at yourself, right? to kind of avoid the pain of like digging in there to find out what's going on. Uh, and, and you're just hoping this person will help you not feel alone. You're using that person as a means to cope mm-hmm. or deal with your yeah. problems rather yeah. than dealing with them yourself. Well, you're, that person becomes to you your method of like, you're using them as a way to like help you deal with stuff. Yeah. Rather than yeah. actually doing the painful introspective work of figuring out what's going on in yourself. What is uh, Carl Jung has a famous quote. It says, um, "Beware of unearned wisdom," something yes. like that. Yes. So it's like you can get what you need, but if you just get it from someone else and you yes. don't go through the trials yourself, it's not going to have the value to you that that it yeah. should. There's another thing with their relationship, though, which is goes back to the whole fear thing. <laughs> they bonded over the fact that they were both afraid. Yep. 
that's not right. No. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, the thing you're afraid of, I'm afraid too. Let's both be afraid together. And it's and good. That, that's fine initially. Initially. Yeah. But it's but gonna, it's like, you, you can't have to rely go past on that. that. Yeah. You've yeah. got to move past that at some point because a relationship that is literally based on being afraid of something is not one that's destined that's for That's not a foundation longitude. that can make it last. I don't think so. And this is why a lot of relationships don't. They don't last long, right? Because that is kind of the foundation. It's like you find a similarity, or you find some kind of aspect of that person mm. that makes you feel like you're not alone, or that you're afraid to express, and and it's like, oh, with this person, they can make me feel better about myself. Yeah. I feel more confident when the I'm with young them. people in particular. I, um, yeah, yeah I feel like uh, maybe like I feel needed by this person, so I feel like I'm valuable because yeah. they need me. Mm. There's all these things that like get yeah. set up as the foundation of the relationship that cannot last. Yeah. And it's why they go bad after a certain amount of time because it's like you're not actually developing. You're mm -hmm. not developing your inner opposite. You're not developing your yeah. persona, your your your, uh, your true your your inner self. Your, what is it? Your complete whole ego. Yeah, <laughs> it's not your wholeness. Yeah, you're going. Your they're they're actually self. holding you back in this <laughs> like comfortable place where mm -hmm. it's like I can remain right here and not do the scary introspective work and yeah. and they make me feel not alone in and, this space. And you think you can. But, but you, you get to a point where like that's no longer good enough. Like you're not moving forward. You're mm -hmm. not progressing progressing anymore. Um, and since she has now had this awakening, mm -hmm. right, of this other entity inside of her, the antitype, she has matured like exceptionally within this very short span of time. It's like within three weeks, she's like this mother of all humanity who's <laughs> just like full of all this wisdom. Yes. And having accepted that new role, she didn't know how to feel about Faye anymore because she realized that's what that relationship was kind of built on at the time. Mm. So then she comes to realize throughout what's happened in this too that the love is actually deeper than that. And, and Faye echoes the sentiment. So she's like, I'm not, I don't need you because you help me not feel alone anymore or because, mm. you know, I, I used you to run away from my problems. I love you because I actually love you, like right. the real healthy way. And Faye says a similar thing. He says, I was also running to you. I have to solve my own problems. I can't throw my problems onto you. And that's when people, I think, can really work through some mm. of those faulty foundations they originally set their relationship on, yeah. is when they realize you're not responsible for my mm -hmm. development. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And I would love for you to support me through that and I can support you through yours, but I can't fix you and you no. can't fix me. Right. And you're not supposed to. Right. I have to face this stuff myself. I have to uh, do that introspective work myself. And I, I'll, I'll lean on you for support if you're willing to do that, but it's not your responsibility to make me better. And that's what so many relationships do. They expect that person to yes. fulfill a role that makes them feel better. And yeah. that's not how you should do it. And they've both realized this and their love is genuine and real and deep. So there's a, a brief graph, if you can uh, picture it in your mind. There's two items here and then there's one down here in the middle. <laughs> so this one here <coughs> says that this is your current state. This is who you are right now. Mm -hmm. Over here is where you want to be or where you're going. Um, but you cannot move from here to here. 
Yeah. Um, because humans have a more, you remember how I mentioned, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, um, the shattering mirror versus the rippling, Yes. right? So a, a liquid can go from here to here, no problem, yeah. right? But a solid, which is what we are, at least what we want to be. We don't want to be liquid, that's too weird, it's too difficult. You can easily integrate things, which is fine. Um, but um, you, you don't, you're not a thing. You don't become a whole thing until, unless you're solid, right? Yeah. And so you've got this thing. This is the broken up part, right? So in order to move from this point to this point, from you know where you to where you want to be, you have to first break. And you have to descend into chaos and then reascend into a new thing. Mm. So like a plate can't turn into a bowl. You first have to destroy the plate <laughs> and then re-piece the fragments together yeah. into a bowl if the bowl is what the plate is seeking to become. Yes. There, there's no liquid way to form it into that. If there is, that's fine. There, there tends to not be. This is how life works, right? So what people want is to go from where they are to where they want to be, burnt direct with no issues, right? And sometimes other people can help you feel like you've made it there. And oh, I didn't have to descend into chaos, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm so lucky, I didn't have to, but the, the truth is, you just took the plate and slid it into the bowl spot and you're calling it a bowl now. Yeah. The, the, you have to descend, and this is the idea of beware of unearned wisdom. This yes. is the idea. Is anything that tells you you can go from you can go from this spot to this spot without fracturing yourself, without descending into chaos and then re-arising, you know, is beware of that because it's not lasting. It's fake, mm -hmm. right? You and the only person that can rebuild your conscious ego or whatever back up into this new spot is you. Nobody else can do it for you. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the idea there. That's I had another I thought explain. as you're going through that. And I, I wonder if this might have anything to do with that battle screen transition yeah. changing. The, the alchemy idea, the refiner's fire. Mm, yes. So it's the same concept, but just you're turning steel into a liquid and then reforming it into, into a new shape. A better. Right. So yeah. it's, it's kind of sidesteps the analogy you're making where you have to shatter, you can't liquid, but you could That's melt fine. down yeah. uh, a solid into a liquid and then, and then reshape yes. it. Yes. Cool it and back into a solid again. And that is the idea of, but because liquid, in order to reshape it, you have to first melt it down. And maybe you have to take what is ordered and turn it into a, an unordered blob. Maybe that had something to do with the choice of the battle screen tra transition change. So it's like in that instead Solaris of breaking, you're arc, melting. They yeah. they are in kind of this moment where this the, it's like the pinnacle especially for Faye, and at least Saiten's realization of what's going on with Faye. I wonder if that's their refiner's fire moment, the belly of the whale moment for yeah. the, the party, particularly with like Ellie and Faye. I, I think it still works with what I was saying, because yeah. rather than breaking, they're being melted, wh which yes. is easier to integrate yes. it, when you're melt in a melted state than it, a broken state. I'm not trying to say it like still works. what you're saying is wrong, but maybe this is another possible way of looking at it that could yeah. use some of the alchemy you were wondering if that had anything yeah. to do with the philosophy that went into this game or not. Yeah, I don't alchemy. know. Maybe. I, st I still haven't seen much of that. It's really the same concept though. Yeah. You have to go descend. 
You have the to chaos first and yep. be reforged. But it's scary for your yeah. known world to <laughs> dissolve into liquid. Yes. Or to shatter <laughs> like a mirror. Yes. Either way, it's scary and you yes. don't want to do that. You spend yeah. your whole life avoiding that happening. But you have to do that if you want to go up here. That's the idea of, like within Christianity, the idea of baptism, right? You have to descend below the depths. Yep to come back up a perfected, a perfect being or whatever, the idea of Christ dying, he had to die. Like this whole, it's it's just, it's part of the way that the yeah. mythic structure of our brain works. Yeah, I agree. And so anyways, I just really loved this scene, how, you know, it, it just really shows how often we, we set up our relationships. You know, people feel lonely or they don't feel good about themselves until, oh, I should have this thing or the other, whether it's a wife or husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, then mm. they start to feel like, ooh, you know, like I'm worth something, I'm valuable. Right. They're using that relationship to feel that way about themselves. Um, distracting themselves from the problems, using someone else to help solve their problems, to mm. like play a role, to like come and help them so that they don't have to face those things. <laughs> you can't found your relationship on that. That person should support <laughs> you, you should and not. let you know that if you fall, I'm here to catch you, mm -hmm. but you have got to do it. You yeah. have got to descend into that scary place. Nobody can do it for and you. And be reforged. Yep. Otherwise, the relationship cannot stand you, yeah. long term. And yep. they both figured that out, and their relationship is in a great place to move forward. And they were they had to be separate. Anyways, yeah, it's very good. There's very good stuff there. And then they spend you know a romantic evening together. They do. And She's holding I, that that blanket up. <laughs> it was around this moment that I remembered yeah. that someone that basically looks like Ellie was Faye's mom. <clears throat> I think. Well, you're talking about like when in the desert. Yeah. The, the anime cutscene. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I think. Yeah. Because he's like freaking out. Yeah. And, and she shows up like, oh, you don't be alone, he's like, little yeah, boy. Don't leave me, right? Don't worry, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but, but, okay, whatever, that's fine. Okay. Um, oh, then the next morning, Faye gives Ellie the pendant. The Nissan cross yeah, pendant. Yeah, that's right. He's been holding it since he got to Lahan. I he's forgot. He's had that the whole time. He's had it all three years, the whole time? Oh, okay, that makes sense. That he's had sense. it since he showed up in Lahan, oh, okay, okay. and he gives it to her. Because I was wondering when he specifically got that. So he had that when he was delivered to the place. Mm -hmm. Okay. He had it on him the whole time. Okay. Um, then you get a scene with Margie and Ellie in my Sam kind of talking about, oh, men, they, they're so selfish. They, they, they want to do all everything, and they, they tell us we're worthless. We can't help them. That's what Margie's saying anyways. Mm -hmm. and, and Ellie is motherly explaining that's yeah, not she necessarily the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's kind of, uh, yeah, that is what it is. But then uh, Ellie starts to talk a little bit more about remembering how she felt when she first came to, to Nysan. The first time I visited here, I had the most amazing feeling. Familiar, sad, like I had visited here many times in my dreams. Remember, at the beginning of the disc, they were kind of likening memories to dreams. Mm. It's like, it's dream-like, yeah. but it is a memory. So she's referring to it as a dream, but these are her memories. There's something <laughs> Freudian about that, or maybe almost more like... Um well, this dream interpretation is a big psychoanalytic like yeah. thing. Right? <clears throat> the idea being your your dream is made up of the fragments of memories, right? Yeah. So it's it's picking from your memories to yeah. create the dream. <clears throat> she says, "I know where each room is and what's in them. I just know I must have been here in the distant past. Before, if you had spoken of this, I'd have brushed it off with a laugh. But now, now I can more or less believe it. The things I couldn't do then, I'm probably trying to do now. So it's like." 
the, mm -hmm. the anti-type, which she couldn't accomplish mm -hmm. 500 years ago, she's seeking to rectify by accomplishing it in this life. Mm -hmm. And so it's like Ellie is ready to do what she couldn't do last time as Sophia. Mm -hmm. So wasn't Margie supposed to be something along the lines of an incarnation of Sophia? I don't think so. She's just the current like leader of the Nisan Church, hmm. but or Nisan Church, but with Sophia, the Second she, Advent of Sophia, like, she's uh, the actual she, founder of it. And she's Margie's perfectly willing to. Yeah, but for, it's like forgo. all of the mothers who were in charge had a lineage after Sophia mm -hmm. died, and Margie is part of that lineage, which is mm -hmm. actually connected to the Roni Fatima line too. They're oh, like okay. related cousins, right? right? Um, so anyways, but now that Ellie is Sophia, it's like she's the one leading the church, not Margie. So Margie would, would I guess, be the second in command or something. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, then you go to Mahanan, which is revealed to be the Hall of the Elders. They have that shot that just pushes right onto Oh, it raises out of the water, right? Yeah, and that's in reaction to the Geisha yeah. Key and all the people uh, turning into wells because all the screams of the wells mm. like resound and that like raises the eldridge like out of the ocean. Yes. Because <laughs> so, God is in there, right? Yes. Um, and it's like the time for God's revival. Right, the time of the gospel. Uh, but the Mahanan, the, the, what they've been calling Mahanan, they push on to the actual word eldridge. And that's, I guess, yeah. if you hadn't figured it out by now, it's mm -hmm. like, here it is, everyone. The ship is Mahanan. Yeah, the ship is like, <laughs> anyways. But they, they really stayed on the nose here, just, just in case you didn't get it at this point, that humans were an alien life form. It's all part of like the narration, the text on the screen here, yeah. uh, that they crashed with the ship 10,000 years ago. Um, humans don't belong, or they were not, they did not naturally evolve on this planet. And then you fight a boss called Deus. Yeah, um, this, and they're saying this is, they show the embryo. Mm -hmm. The embryo from the opening And they're scene. like, this, that thing we it's just killed same is, organism. is God, basically. There it is. That was the God God. And it's like rotting. It's like decaying. Yeah, it's all it's screwy. been there for 10,000 years sitting alone in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> just like rotting away. Well, it seemed to be like almost frozen or something. There's yeah. like a thing that we kind of like undo it and then he attacks us. Yep. Yeah, that was strange. I thought it was going to be a bigger deal yep. to kill that thing, but it was it just kind of It is a bigger a deal. It's just rushed so much, ah, and there's well, a lot there's a yeah. lot more to it that we still don't know yet. Okay, okay. But that is the organism that was like growing in the opening cutscene that yes. they saw on the screens. It's that yeah. Deus boss, but it's so decayed and rotting at this point that we can kind of just kill it. <laughs> yeah, just step on it and squish um, it and move and, it out of the way and kill him. Yeah, yeah, he was big, but um, that I was love, interesting. That was I crazy. love the way they introduce it, though. The, the dialogue that Faye, or the narration that Faye says here, is um, in the depths, we saw an alien form. It was partially rotted and petrified, a giant grotesque being. It gave an inexplicable air of intimidation. I liked that particular mm. phrase. Perhaps it was more than a gut reaction. Perhaps it was the fear of the absolute that came from the very depths of our inherited instincts. So there's something to that. Like he well, has something in his in his genes that makes him the, afraid of this thing. That's the Gazelle Ministry limiter thing, right? So it's like it the Gazelle be, Ministry took that, that concept and applied it to them. 
They're it, like, you it, have an innate fear of God, but we're going to give you this thing, and now you have an innate fear of us. I Sweet. think the limiter made, gave them an innate fear of the Gazel ministry. I think this is an inherited instinct yes. that goes deeper than a limiter. Um, yes, no, I agree. I'm just saying that uh, the, the raw genetics of humans that caused them to naturally be afraid of God oh, sure. served as the inspiration for a limiter yeah, that you, I, I, yeah. so they lifted the genetic code and were like this is a this limits I think and then right. will you artificially and then they made the limiter anyways I'm trying think, to get around I that, think but. you're right yes so after you defeat Deus which was decayed and nearly dead already um, there's this little CGI cutscene that plays as the Veltal sort of enters into Raziel's tree yeah um, I, I, I took note of the fact there was no sound design at all in that. It felt like a rushed element. It was just like music playing, and it's I just like this robot walking with no sound, opening <laughs> this giant freaking metal door with no sound. <laughs> I, I had done sound design, so I paid attention to that stuff. Oh, but. that's funny. So, Raziel. Let's talk about the, what that reference is. Yeah, I didn't. Um, well, I don't think I looked up this one. So, Raziel is a, an angel in Jewish mysticism. Mm. Um, it's an angel... Uh, w well, more specifically within the Kabbalah, um, who is a keeper of secrets and an angel of mysteries. Um, so, like, mm. knows the secret things of God. Okay. Uh, I think that he, it, this angel is described as kind of like sitting, like, at the throne of God and, like, literally writing down in a oh, book, I've, uh, like, yeah. all the secrets of creation as God speaks. Mm. Like, everything God says, like, Raziel would write it down in this book. So okay. it like all the deeper secrets of creation and the secrets of the universe and everything that God established, like Raziel, like wrote this stuff down. That would be along the lines of like Thoth in Egypt or uh, Hermes, sort of, but yeah. probably more Thoth in Egypt. Or the scribe who knew the the mysteries and stuff. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Raziel, under the alternate name Galazur, is the revealer of the rock, described as the ruling prince of the second heaven. Uh, he is said to expound the Torah's divine wisdom and protects the ministering angels from the living creatures that uphold the universe. Um, <clears throat> there's some more sources where I wrote some more stuff about this. In Jewish tradition, uh, Raziel stood so close to God's throne that he could hear everything God said. Then Raziel wrote God's secret insights upon the or about the universe down in the Sefer Raziel HaMalek. The book, right, yeah. that he wrote down in. According to legend, Raziel gave Adam and Eve the Sefer Raziel Hamalek after they were expelled from the Garden of Eden as punishment for eating the tree, of, uh, the fruit of the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Other angels were upset that Raziel had given them that book, so they cast it into the ocean. Uh, eventually, the book washed ashore, and the prophet, the prophet Enoch, found it and added some of his own knowledge before he was transformed into the archangel Metatron. Uh, the Sefer Raziel uh, Hamalek then passed on to the Archangel Raphael, Noah, and King Solomon, legend says. Um, so, essentially, uh, this goes on to say, uh, Raziel is an important angel, according to his name, is connected with the mysteries of God. Um, he's mentioned only in sources going back to the esoteric teachings of the Talmudic period, um, where he appears in three sources. One of them was when Moses is ascending to heaven in order to receive the Torah. He encounters on his way the angel Gazalor, that alternate name for Raziel, mm -hmm. uh, who is called Raziel because he hears from behind the divine curtain all that is going to happen in the world. And this 
uh, he reveals to Elijah. Uh, okay. When it talks about the divine curtain, that's likely a, the veil of the temple. Yeah. So um, I don't think that his, it's not lost on me, the symbolism here, that the, the, the Raziel's tree, the, the supercomputer that has mm-hmm. all of God's wisdom right. of this world in it is on these giant two tablets. Yeah, like the <laughs> that look like the Ten Commandments yeah, that yeah. Moses descended with, that Raziel revealed to him probably. Um, you know, although they're pretty big for Moses to hold. They're huge, <laughs> and this is like a supercomputer. This served as basically the central computer of the elder ship. Like mm. the the whole ship's like central computer is the Ra- the, the Raziel's tree, the, the two tablets, all of the data, all the processes, all of the secrets of God were inscribed in that computer that is Raziel's tree. That's, that's, cool. that's where it's all at. And, and so you're going in there to like access that data mm. and Saiten's kind of like on the computer there. Yeah. And oh, as, right. as you're doing that... Uh, How could Saiten <laughs> possibly like get through? It was amazing <laughs> enough at the ethos where he was like, yeah. this massive database, oh, I know exactly where to go and exactly how to es- extract the exact... Oh, here you go, and it's like right yeah. there, so fast. Uh, Ten thousand years He's ago, quick. computer uh, interfaces—they—they they are <laughs> similar. Completely lost. I mean, it's—it's <laughs> it's not even just in here though. It's like when you're first ascending Babel Tower as well. He's like in there, yes, pushing buttons yep, and yep, yep, activating yep. stuff. And even for that, like, what is it? What they named Fort Jasper—that weapon that they fired the yes, laser that from. Thing. Like they're, right. they're able to get in there and use those computers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, these interfaces were created for humans 10,000 years ago. Apparently they have no memory of whatsoever, who probably good. spoke a t- completely different language. Yes. <laughs> and he could just get, get just, right in there. I know exactly <laughs> what all these buttons do. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to read all this data. Whatever the process. Is. Oh, well, that's all good. Um, I like the narration here. Face says, we came to an enormous cavern that was big enough to swallow the whole capital of Ave. Yeah, that's It's cool. huge. And I even remember even from the beginning cutscene, the, the anime cutscene, the very beginning of the game, yeah. they have this panning shot where they show Razzle Tree. And they show the, the it's two just things. giant it's like space. A, a city or something. It's like, there, yeah, it's like all these little lights. You can see all the individual yeah. rooms, and it's just absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. The Eldridge was huge. Yeah. This huge arc going through space, carrying... Millions of people in it. Massive starship. Um, it just kind of sells the this freaking giantness of this freaking thing. Yeah. Um, so it could have it could have swallowed the whole capital of Ave. This this room, right? It in its center were two gently glowing objects. It was the source of divine wisdom. It was Raziel's tree, and the cavern itself was a giant computer called Raziel. The wisdom of God hidden within Raziel. We found the unthinkable when we ascended or when we accessed its data. A large unmanned strategic weapon and its battalion of terminal interface weapons traveling from star system to star system and a gigantic mothership used to carry them. Mm. So the Eldridge was carrying some kind of weapon. And the, the fact that they say unmanned strategic weapon to me uh, in, implies like AI. Yeah. So like a weapon that was controlled by an AI. Right? This implies to me that there's a thing out there destroying universes and it's going <laughs> to come destroy this one, like within the game, you know, because it's autonomous. It's doing its own thing regardless of whether we, we yeah. don't control it, you know. This ship 
the Eldridge was carrying a very dangerous weapon, mm. an unmanned strategic weapon that was going from star system to star system. And, uh, and that something went really wrong with mm. that, and that's why he self-destructed the ship and it crashed, and the whole game started. So he goes on to say, the creation of the Malak angel, God's army, to reign over the vast universe with, and the construction of a divine ark. These weapons were called Yabe. You talked yeah. about how that was transformed from Yahweh, which they yeah. didn't want to say. <laughs> and it's Yabai, which is Yabai, which Yabai is Kansai of Yabai, and it means dangerous, or be careful. Go back to episode three. It was early on. Or I two, or, or maybe actually one. That might have been one. Where we talked about that. Right, I think it was one. one. Episode one. Okay. All the Richard Honeywood section of that first one we did. Sam wasn't here for episode two. Yeah, I think it was episode one. The interplanetary invasion weapon system. What the Gazo Ministry was pursuing was right here. According to the data, the giant rotting organism we just defeated was in fact the nucleus of this system. We were on the verge of accessing the data for the object called Zohar. We'll get into that later. That's again Jewish mysticism. Yeah, the Zohar is like a, it's like a commentary on, uh, on like ancient Jewish scripture and mythology mm. that, that I think it was like in 1200s or something like that. Mm. It was discovered or written by a man in 1200 <laughs> something. Sorry. <laughs> Depending on what you choose to believe. Um, the central neural circuit, the power source controlling the entire system, from the weapons to the mothership when suddenly he appeared. He's talking about Krellian. Krellian showed up with his dudes. And Graf is there. And you have a battle against Graf. Oh yeah, this is fascinating. Did Seeing you? these antagonists interact with each other yep. is just absolutely fascinating because they either treat each other with like, they're either indignant or they're indifferent. Yep. And it's, it is so, it's unpredictable. <laughs> I cannot predict how these people will interact with when they come when they conflict. Yeah, I did go through um, the battle, but I don't know if anyone else did. So. Yeah, that's that's basically I was calling the end of the episode after fighting Graf here and stopping in Raziel's tree. Unfortunately, that's not a it's not a place you can save. It kind of <laughs> just keeps going on to the next scene. I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> Can't really save there. Yeah. But that's where we decided to play up to. So that's where we're going to stop talking. Yeah. Uh, the only last note that I have here is um, you can actually beat Graf in that fight. You're not like intended to win because he's very powerful. Oh, yeah, very much so. And he can like wipe you up pretty quick if you're not prepared. He's very hard. And, and you're intended to lose the fight. You lose in the cutscene. Yeah, I, I didn't. But you can beat them, and you can get like a accessory. That's oh, kind of cool. You get an amulet. Yeah, I had to I had to fight it a couple times and change my strategy a little uh, bit. But you okay. can beat them. <clears throat> um, so after that is over, Faye's like exhausted, beat up, and Graf, um, you know, taunts him a little bit with like it is the real you kind of thing. Yes, of course. The yeah. real you in there is actually it. He's like, no, he's not. It's not me. I'm not mm -hmm. it. You know, they, they go back and forth on that. Trying to kind of bait him a little bit with, with giving into his fear and his anger, kind of the stuff we're talking about. He Faye's not going to do that. Because he has that bracelet that keeps yes. him from giving into it, right? Yeah. And then Graf says something about, I can't remember exactly what he says, something about like removing Faye's soul, which is interesting. Mm, yeah, I don't remember. Um, I can pull it up when you can look at it, but Graf is moving forward to take Faye's soul out yeah. of his body. Yeah. 
But then Krellian is like... Krellian stops him. Don't do it yet. And he's like, Faye is bait for Ellie, who yes. is who I really he want here. Girl. I need Faye so that Ellie will come try to save Faye so I can get Ellie, which is what yes. I'm after, so don't do that. And he's and like, fine. Graf's like, <laughs> or what is it? Um, not not as you wish. It was different. It was like, do whatever you want. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like, mom, uh, mom, mom, that are Is it the Korean? <laughs> mom, that are It means do whatever, whatever you want to do. And then he just leaves. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? I was not expecting this at yeah. all. I was not expecting this. I thought Graf and Krellian were going to have we issues. I thought that Graf was at least going to save something. Instead, Graf immediately acquiesces and is like, eh, he's yours. Yeah. Suit, suit yourself. That's, I think that's probably I think something. That's probably he says, suit yourself. And um, that's that. It's crazy. So then uh, Krellian calls Graf Lacan in that scene again. Yeah, he yeah. Just, he just but refers they, to him as they Lacan. They knew each other very well. They did. Krellian and Lacan were friends, as we found out. And I was wondering if they are still friends. And Doesn't seem like They it. aren't, but they kind of don't care about each other. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the situation Something is. has happened in the last five years. For sure, but that. it's not like Graf hates Krellian. It's yeah. not like Krellian hates Graf. It's not like there's animosity about whatever happened. It's just they've but kind whatever of accepted happened, it. Yeah. And it's just like, this is what it is kind of and thing. And they're just like... It's like they know that it would just be horrible. Like, it's like a... It's no use. They would both go down in nuclear flames if they decided <laughs> to fight each other. And yeah. it's like, it's not worth fighting, and yeah, whatever. Fine. But but it's weird, because Graf has a plan for Faye. But as soon as Krellian's like, no, like, don't... Graf's like, I ah. think I think he realizes he can do what he wants once Krellian gets Ellie. Yeah. So like, once Krellian gets Ellie, I can have Faye and I can do what I want to do. Hey, actually, that's pretty good. That makes sense. That Fine, makes sense. whatever. It's only a matter of time. Kind of yeah, way. whatever. And then uh, Krellian announces that they're going to be crucified in Golgotha, which yeah. is supposed to be Golgotha. Golgotha, that's where Christ was where, where, where Jesus was crucified, yeah. outside of Jerusalem. And that's where we're going to stop. Means place of the skull. Yep. In Cavalry, Golgotha. Yeah. Okay, everyone. That was a lot of stuff to get through. It was. I think we've done the best job we can based <laughs> on what we know now. Um, we're going to have two more play sessions. Okay. I was originally thinking play to the end of the game for the next, next episode, one? but this is going to be too much. It's, yeah, so I'm going to break okay. it into two more. Where you're going to play up to next time, it, it's a giant, almost like triangular structure called Merkava and it crashes down into the earth. It's this massive triangle shape structure right. and it just like crashes into the earth. It's called Merkava. Sweet. Play up to that. The first save point after that thing crashes. That's where we're going to play up to for next time. So that's where we want to do. And then after that, the following week we'll finish the game. Sick. And then we'll do one episode of recap, having guests to discuss some other cool philosophy and responding to some comments. Okay. That'll be the end. And of, some uh, Perfect Works stuff there, yeah. right? The homework for that week will be to read Perfect Works. Okay. <laughs> Rather right. than play something, right? And then the, that'll be the end of the Xenogears analysis. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Till next time, have a great week. Peace out.